Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here, as always. You're invited to join us if you want to talk about whatever happens to be on your mind. The number for you to do that here is uh, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Uh, so welcome to the show here tonight. Uh, it's it's Ian and Bonnie in the studio in Keene. And then remotely we have... Yeah, I'm. it's Mark coming to you live from Mexico City. Mark, turn your mic down just a little bit. I'm sorry, we, uh, we, you're just a little bit too excited there and got louder than, than you I'll were previously. I'll try to do that. All right. So, uh, yeah, Mexico City. Um, I, is this your first time in Mexico City besides the airport? I, I suppose I spent a little bit of time here in Mexico City previously, but not a lot. Okay, because I know that you and I had gone through the airport there on our trip to uh, Anarcapulco. Uh, several years ago, but that the was first, good. the first year of Anarchapulco, I like the cheapskate I am decided I would get there as uh, inexpensively as possible. I took mm-hmm. a flight to Mexico city, MEX airport. And then I took a cab. The only time I felt like I got r- r- robbed the whole time, um, <laughs> you know, the, the cab ride was like 20 bucks to the bus station. Wow. This was seven years ago. And, but I, you know, taxi cab drivers have to pay a VIG just to pick you up there mm-hmm. anyhow. Um, so I went from the airport to the bus station, hung around at the bus station for a few hours and then took the bus from, uh, Mexico city to Acapulco. I don't know what you consider that as far as my visits to Mexico city, but I took a cab through it. Gotcha. But now you're staying there, you're doing uh, some kind of an immersion class where you put your Spanish language learning to the test, right? You've been doing some practicing online with uh, Duolingo, but this is your your chance to really jump into in the deep, the deep end, right? Yeah, I mean, I learned Spanish uh, to some level, um, probably in my early 20s, and have stayed in lesser, greater practice. And then uh, I found Duolingo, um, and I used that for a couple of years. I decided to upgrade to the family one probably about a year ago. You and Bonnie are both on my family <laughs> plan, so that uh, I know you are about the same, or at one time about the same level of uh, facility with Spanish as I, and you certainly dove into it for a period of time, and I just wanted to keep my hand in it and maybe get a little better, and I think I have gotten a little better doing Duolingo, but you know, doing five minutes twice a day really isn't enough to... Mm-hmm. Uh, to really get a language, so Ian does it right. all day. No, that's not true. Wait, am I muted? Can Mark no, hear me? You definitely, uh, you're not I can definitely hear you. Oh, sorry, my headphones were turned down. Sorry about that. <laughs> I can hear you, but not myself. You should be okay. Perfect. Now. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, some ten days Ian really goes in, and other days he he doesn't. In other weeks he doesn't really do much. But what we decided to do was take these immersion classes. So all day, every day, it's Spanish talking. And 
you know, my hope is, is that Jack can either, uh, my son, 15 years old, can either have, you know, a summer where that's full of uh, video games and uh, screwing around, or he can uh, get quite a few video games and quite a bit of screwing around and learn Spanish in the process. <laughs> so how long are you down there for? Um, we'll be in Mexico for two weeks. Then um, we're going to uh, Central America. I want to see the uh, town of Antigua, mm-hmm. um, which is Where the is original. It's in Guatemala. It's the original Central American Republic capital. And it's supposed to be a beautiful place. I have never seen it. And then we'll go from there to Costa Rica for more Spanish immersion classes. Well, the uh, Heritage Foundation's 2023 Index of Economic Freedom is out. Oh, and so seems like a, yeah, seems like a good time to bring it up here since we're talking international stuff. And the United States is down on the list, uh, not in a good not way. Surprising. Not not down like in um, you know higher rankings numerically because obviously number one is the most free. Uh, down as in the score they got is lower than it was last year by 1.5 points. They are currently ranked the United States at number twenty-five out of the hundred and was it eighty something, hundred and seventy-six countries uh, that are being ranked here. So, not looking so. Also, hot. they don't they don't rank Liechtenstein, right? Yeah, I think there's a certain limit on the number of uh, population or something. I'm not sure how they determine. Liechtenstein is listed as not ranked here. Yeah. So. And uh, one thing I like to but mention: St. Kitts and Nevis, by the way, they're not they're not really? here either. Huh. Yeah, it, Liechtenstein is actually listed on the list of not ranked countries, but St. Kitts and Nevis aren't even aren't, aren't even on there at all. Yeah. I I think it's Nevis. Shoot, okay. I have to look it up. One of them is one of them's correct, and that's how they know you're not from there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, one thing I'd like to say about this is that you need to consider when looking at these rankings the the scope, the reach, and the will of a state. So, for instance, um, it's probably worth mentioning, um, say, Afghanistan especially when Afghanistan was not under the Taliban yet, right? Currently um, not you know. ranked, by the way. Afghanistan is not on the ranking. So there was a point when Afghanistan was able to project power only through its capital, right? And it wasn't able to project it all the way through the country. So it really doesn't matter what the level of freedom is there. Now, mind you, you're not going to start, start a Fortune 500 company in Afghanistan under any circumstances. Right. But um, what I'm trying to say is, is that, you know, the rules as the rules exist are enforced in the United States much more thoroughly than they are in many places around the world. You know, you can now Americans, we don't get this. And I can assure you, as an American doing business in Central America, it can be a big challenge trying to understand when they're just asking you for a bribe. Because mm, they won't come you right know? out and say it. Right. They don't come out and say, I, I would like a bribe. How much mm-hmm. would you like that bribe to be? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to go too low because you look like you have lots of money. But I don't want to go too high and have you report me to my boss. So right. why, don't you, why don't you figure out how much it is? You know, like that's the thing. Bribes are, are crazy. You know, speaking of Central America, Americans Honduras them. is also down on the list. I know you spend some time on uh, one of their islands out there uh, going down 0.8 points, I believe, dropping from 93 to 94. Another interesting takeaway is Hong Kong is no longer on the list. So for hmm. years, 
Hong Kong. Because China's taking it back over? I think probably because China took it over, yeah. So it used to be Hong Kong was number one on the uh, index of economic freedom for a very, very long time. And now it is just gone from the list. So that leaves Singapore at number one? Singapore is now in the number one spot. That's correct. Let's go to the phones here. I got somebody on the line. Uh, Hold that thought, Mark. We'll we'll come back to it. Uh, Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Uh, Karen. Hi, Karen. What's on your mind tonight? My on my mind um, is uh, I was wondering to what extent do you think that Donald Trump has mental illness as an explanation for everything that's happening with him in this country right now? When you say that, you mean because he's been charged with various different uh, paperwork related so-called crimes for not declassifying documents and then holding on to them? And just the illogical um, defiance and the, um, just he's, you know, they asked him once, they asked him twice, they asked him three times. He gave some of the documents back. Then he, and he told people to lie and say that he gave them all. You know, what, what part of this guy's thought process is, is rooted in, like, personality disorder or mental illness? I've seen lots of he's not logical. I've seen lots of psychologists like write articles saying that he is a narcissist. I could totally believe that. I mean, I, yeah, I, saw, I think megalomania too might be you might throw that in. I saw he, a post yeah. of his the other day that was like we are going to <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but it was like the most like what do you call it when somebody has like grandiosity and he was talking about, like, we are in this together. It was, I can't even remember what it was, mm. but it was about the stupid documents. And he was saying that the feds are after him. But he was saying it in the most, like, he was basically talking about himself, like, in scripture. In I've all caps. heard people, yeah, that's scary. That's a little <laughs> well, out there. Well, what's scary is, is that I just saw a poll on, I think it was Politico.com. Anyway, they, they, they tracked all the polls recently. And basically, Biden and Trump are neck and neck as far as their approval and disapproval ratings. It's uh, right. I think it's about 40 for uh, approval and about 60 for disapproval. I may be off a, a couple of points on these, but for both of them, I mean – and the only person in politics today that I could find with a higher uh, disapproval rating than Biden and Trump were was Kamala Harris. And so currently the three people, the three heirs apparent to the uh, most powerful seat in the world are, you know, despicable people that nobody seems to want. Um, you know, I think we're going to have another election here where you get to pick your favorite crooked old pervert. And that's it. Yeah, it's just it- – it's. I heard um, some reporting that like, like when he's down in Mar a Lago, he kind of pretends he's still the president, and it's kind of <laughs> like a little insane. You know what I mean? But I think people think he's a, a funny old guy, and you know you can kind of have a little bit of um, affection for the way he acts. But it's actually kind of really, if you look at it seriously, it's a, it's a lot of mental illness going on. Hmm. Well, I think that we um, probably wouldn't pick 80-year-olds to do very much of anything as far as a job, especially a job with a high level of competence. I mean, you're not going to pick an 80-year-old to do uh, rocket science. You're not going to pick them to do brain surgery. You're not going to pick them to do really much of anything. The only thing that you've got 80-year-olds. Just head the top of a business, like be a CEO? Yeah, you don't see that very often. 
Yeah, there's not even a lot yeah. of CEOs that are 80 year olds. You do see a lot of people running banks and uh, law offices as you know old people, but in a lot of cases they're just punching a clock so that their old clients can stay under the um, you know the you know it, it, it keeps the connections going right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, oh, I gotta call oh, Billy. Well, sounds good. I, I I'm just throwing around it because. The more the more you see how he digs in on this stuff, it just it just reeks of there's got to be some mental I, illness going. No, mental illness and age go together, though, don't they? I mean, sure, I uh, think I see that decline. He's always had to some extent this personality. Yeah, I he's. Think that, I think a megalomaniac. Anyone that would run for president, sure, honestly, agree. has to have some kind of mental disorder to run for president. Thank you for the call, Karen. I do appreciate hearing right. from you, it, Bonnie. This is a really good point. Is is that um, the people that you would most want to be in the office would never put up with what it takes to get there? Mm-hmm. Dishonesty. Like, like yeah, just the like the the huge long hours, the 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 talking in circles, saying the same thing over and over again with, while saying nothing. Um, you know, just all this stuff that it takes to get into the office. It would be the very, very, very rare individual indeed that would be able to do the one in order to get the other. Well, a you know, truly like, productive person is never going to be interested in a political position. I mean, they're, they have a business, they're working their business, they're, you know, feeding their family. Uh, they could be philosophically motivated. I mean, there are people that, that are that way. I think well, I guess Ron Paul Day. comes to mind. Aaron Day. Okay. Aaron Day. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. may be, maybe talking to him again soon. He's got a book that just came out. He's the Republican uh, sort of the Ron Paul Republican, if you will, that's uh, in the race for uh, the presidential nomination right now. I don't want to speak for him, but I think a lot of his running for president is getting the word out about his ideas. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, that's all you can really expect when you're not a, one of the quote-unquote front runners. Uh, and, and you know, the mainstream media is, of course, completely going to ignore candidates like Aaron Day. Just Hashtag a- bank run. Indeed. Uh, So we were talking about the index of economic freedom here and the United States down at number 25, down 1.5 points from last year. I don't remember uh, what their score or what their uh, numeric value was last year, but top 25, uh, it's about to we're about to fall out of the top 25. I mean, that's definitely not a good uh, thing, not not a good category to be leaving. Uh, It is currently linked or listed as a mostly free country underneath the four what they call free countries of Singapore at number one, Switzerland at number two, Ireland at number three and Taiwan uh, at number four. Remember, this is just looking at economic freedoms. So no personal freedoms were taken into account, which explains why Singapore is Number one. I'm surprised by Ireland. I mean, they locked down really hard and stuff. Yeah. I, well, that would be a social freedom, right? I mean, that's not an economic freedom. No, by like the it's businesses. Absolutely, it's economic. I controlling mean, you, businesses. Yeah, if you can't open your well, doors to the public, then uh, that's a t- total economic restriction. I'm sure that Cato Institute, inside the Beltway as they are, when they determined, well, is the um, COVID lockdown, how are we going to count that? They're not going to count it so much as an economic freedom as they are going to be a social freedom. Going outside is a social freedom. They might have had, you know, a different method of locking down. Like maybe it was more, uh, you know, maybe they got the people to think this is a good thing instead of. De- uh, demanding because really i i don't know I, I just seem to remember them being bad on covid i'm sure uh you know my, my first guess would be any place in europe was bad on covid that would be my my first thought on it um 
Well, we're losing your uh, your connection there from Mexico City, Mark. Just stand by, if you will. Uh, we were actually going to talk about a story, not tonight, but uh, since we we're talking about Ireland, I got the at least the headline here was one of the you know various different show prep items I never really got to, and that is. I really want to. Sorry. I really want to go to Mexico City. There's a new hate speech law in Ireland that is uh, pretty crazy, according to Euronews.com. Is it as bad as Florida's? It. I don't know. Uh, it's going to deal with so-called hate crimes, making it an offense to deny or trivialize genocide and expand protections to include gender identity and disability. Oh my God, LPNH would actually be like a criminal in Ireland right now. Uh, opponents of the criminal justice bill have raised concerns that changes go too far and will stifle free speech. But defenders say Ireland's current legislation has been outstripped by the Internet and contains significant blind spots. So they're saying it doesn't go far enough. The Internet's blind spots of censoring speech. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what they're uh, what they're referring to here. Like um, the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, LPNH, they tweeted a joke about Jews mm-hmm. in the Holocaust. So they're... They would actually be that would actually be a criminal this. thing in Ireland now. That's pretty crazy. It will make it easier to secure convictions for so-called hate crimes by allowing prosecutors to rely on the use of hostile slurs, gestures, or even symbols. Critics fear the changes could lead to politically incorrect views being censored, such as those around trans rights. Some public figures have waded into the debate with uh, apparently Donald Trump Jr. for some reason commenting on it, calling it insane, and Elon Musk branding it, quote, a massive attack on the freedom of speech. So He attacks freedom of speech all the time. So Yeah, that's true. So again, we're not talking Free about Alex Jones. Uh, personal freedoms here in this list of the Heritage Foundation's top countries for economic freedom. So Ireland, again, not considering free speech there in this uh, discussion. They look at things like property rights, judicial so-called effectiveness, tax burden, uh, fiscal health, business freedoms, monetary freedoms, trade freedoms, etc. So looking exclusively at uh, economic freedoms. Mark, I think we might have you back. It's my belief. All right, yeah, yeah you're, you're still all distorted. we got to work with you on the on the break uh, I, about that. I think I heard him fine. It was yeah, like, it's my belief. Really, he's really loud, though. That's That's the thing. Um, anyway, so in uh, related news, Mark is currently in Mexico, and on the list here, Mexico is ranked in in the uh, what they consider the moderately free category. And by the way, the United States, if it goes down two more spots, is going to be or three more spots is going to be in the moderately free category of countries instead of its current mostly. How did Canada free. do? Uh, Canada is doing all right at number 16 on See, the I, list. I have a very difficult time accepting the way that Canada acted during COVID-19 with the trucker protest and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yep. And just, and then just saying, oh yeah, the United States is definitely less free than that. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know what their criteria mm-hmm. are and I haven't read this list, but. They that- did drop, uh, according to the list here, 2.9 points. In fact, Almost every country on the mostly free category went down in its freedom score, with the exception of, of all places, the United Arab Emirates and Uruguay. So those two countries went up slightly, uh, but every other country went down. So I think this is, since it's from 2023, that means the data they're using is usually two years old. So there's a good chance they are finally taking into effect uh, the COVID restrictions in 2020 
for this particular survey. Singapore also down, Switzerland down, uh, Taiwan is up slightly. So yeah, in, in the top, tw- uh, looks like I'm just looking down the list here. Yeah, Israel up slightly at number 34. Jamaica. I mean, almost every country here has gone down in freedom in this recent uh, this recent study. So not very good. Mexico uh, ch- chalking in at number 61 on the list. I really want to go to Mexico City. I would totally go to Morelia, too. Um, oh, where's that? It's in Michoacan. Okay. And my ex told me that it's like way safe because it's in the south. But he's very biased in that way, so maybe that's why. But it's really pretty. It has like a big, uh, what's it called? Um, one of those archway things that bring water from very far away. Hmm. A bunch of aqueducts. It has oh, a, like okay. a big historic aqueduct, which I didn't even know Mexico had. Yeah, I don't know that much about it. Um, that was just like ancient Greece or Rome. But Mark, I think you were you were wanting to talk tonight about how some people are alleging that Mexico, despite it being number 61 on the list of economic freedoms here, and number uh, the United States at number 25, that Mexico is more free than the United States. Oh, I, I, I was know. wondering why he wasn't chiming in about the aqueduct. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's having some more uh, technical difficulties over there. I, I'm interested in hearing the arguments. I mean, if you are a uh, wealthy gringo, then I expect that Mexico will seem pretty free because, you know, they don't want to mess with you. They want you to keep spending your gringo money uh, wherever it is that you are. But... We'll see when uh, when he gets his his stuff working again here. So the doesn't number... gringo does that mean foreigner, not just a white person? I am not sure about that. I don't know if it's just an American foreigner or if it's just any old foreigner. That's a good question, Bonnie. Uh, it's normally used in regards to Americans, but it it may it may be just any old foreigner. That's it's oh. an excellent question. I, I always thought it meant white person, but I think it might be any old foreigner. The number here, if you want to join the show, is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That's six zero three. Two eight three six one six zero. Coming up, we can talk about uh, drug dogs that are being told to alert on cars that have no drugs in them. They caught a cop doing this recently on his body cam. Uh, and also, interesting story over at Zero Hedge about why patriots shouldn't pledge allegiance. So it's nice to see that some anti-pledge-related propaganda is getting out there in a big way. And so those are definitely some things we can talk about coming up here on Free Talk Live. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And the phones are open here. If you want to join the show, you can bring up absolutely anything that is on your mind. And, of course, join us online as well over at social.freetalklive.com. It's where you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners and some of the hosts of the show as well. It's our own social media platform, social.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and has implemented really cool features to ensure it's undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. 
Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Join the show here if you want. Uh, bring up anything you want to discuss. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Also, you can join us online, of course, anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have waiting for you. Uh, that's freetalklive.com. I do want to say thank you to the folks over at Dash. Dash is digital cash. It is a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. And uh, believe it or not, that's actually fairly rare in the world of cryptocurrency. There was a time when Bitcoin was was able to do that. And they basically broke Bitcoin, whether it's on purpose or on accident. That is up to you to decide. I think it's on purpose. Yeah, there's an interesting uh, theory about that out there. But uh, I, I saw a little meme video that... Bitcoin was meant to be cash, like be the letter and cash in mm-hmm. one word on Twitter posted where these like, I don't want to say original, but these Bitcoiner people like several years ago were answering people's questions on Twitter and they were like, Bitcoin is not a payment system. If you want to use a payment system, use an actual one like Lightning Network. And I can't remember what they described it as. They described it as something totally different. And then it showed him going to the white paper and searching that term, and it wasn't, wasn't in there. the white paper, yeah. yeah. Well, of course, the white paper, the Bitcoin white paper, is, is titled or subtitled Peer-to-Peer Electronic Cash. So yep. there's obviously, uh, there was the vision for Bitcoin and then what it's become, and what it's become has been uh, ridiculous on the fees, because you always have to spend a, a fee in order to send a cryptocurrency transaction. But let's see, what is the uh, Bitcoin median fee right now? I know a couple weeks ago, the last time I checked, it was something around a dollar to two dollars, and at the moment, according to bitinfocharts.com, uh, they're saying the median fee is around a dollar fifty, maybe uh, maybe maybe a buck. Uh, so still way too high. If you're somebody living in Africa, for instance, hmm. that's like you know half your day's salary just to send one transaction. So that's you a gotta, good point. You got to find something. That's I mean, it's actually, bad here too. Because if you want to buy a $3 cup of coffee and your fee is also $3, you're just going to be like, uh, no, I'll just pay with cash. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so you gotta look, you got to use something that's actually useful. And the folks over at Dash have uh, focused on being useful for most of a decade. They've been around for a long time. And they've got the world's first decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. In fact, every month, 10% of the Dash mining rewards go into a treasury. And then anyone that has one Dash, which right now, last I looked, was like 30 bucks, so it's on sale uh, can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes to vote on. And the masternodes vet those proposals. They decide which ones move forward and are funded by the Dash Treasury. In fact, that's how we got this sponsorship. And nowadays, you hear a lot, if you're in the crypto world, you hear a lot about decentralized autonomous organizations or DAOs. But Dash did it first. They are one of the oldest cryptocurrencies, and it's widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get. It's easy to use Dash. You can start by learning more at Dash.org. And thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. That is Dash.org. I think we have Mark back with us here 
We believe we've ironed out the technical difficulties. Mark, are you there? Well, I thought we had Mark and that we had ironed out. No, the I don't think we have. Oh. It's uh, it's gotten very late. And- uh, okay. Well, anyway. Oh, that was just him talking way late? Yeah, probably a couple seconds late at least. Let's, no, talk, let's talk to seconds. Ricky in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Ricky. Thank you there, Brother Ian. Possibly Brother Mark. Bonnie. What's on your mind tonight, Ricky? Well, I mean, I was thinking about this. To some, I'm new. So what I wanted to do, if it's all right, just to get it down for the record, list some of the things I support. And then I had a question for Bonnie, if I may. Okay. All right. Well, first off, I believe in, I support the right to bear arms for all, young and old. I support secession. I'm anti-war. I practiced the non-aggression principle for upwards of 30 years. Originally, I knew it as a Jeffersonian, as the no harm theory. Uh, uh, I support no discrimination by sex. Uh, I'm for open borders. And uh, also, I believe that we are all brother and sister, regardless of color or creed. And I've never pledged allegiance to the Stars and Stripes. Now, that's just nice. a sample. Never. Not, not even as a kid? You never did? Absolutely not. Wow. How now, did you avoid doing say, that? I mean, did you go to a government school where they had people say the pledge? Well, there was a little bit of trouble at first, but that got dealt with. Mm-hmm. But I will say, now, there's five years before my, upwards of five years of the archives before my disappearance that got more, and the past six months. But, you know, yeah, I don't believe in pledging allegiance to the Stars and Stripes. It's pure evil. There's mm-hmm. nothing good about the damn thing yeah. in history. But here's the question I got, if I may, and this was for Bonnie. Okay. Okay. Now, the last time we spoke, and this is what I don't understand. Now, this was just a sampling of my list. Now, you said that the issue, and I said what the problem is, and basically you said the issue is, you don't like my views. Now, what are the views that you don't like? Because I don't want any waves here, but I'm a little confused about the whole thing. Well, you and I aren't, like, we don't know each other for one thing. And for another thing, you've said lots of status things before that I disagree with. Well, that's absolutely not correct, because you obviously haven't listened to my phone calls throughout the past six months. Probably or listened to like 10 year. hours of them. So What's I, one of them, Bonnie? What's one status thing that, that uh, Ricky has said? Uh, he believes in tax taxation. That's absolutely not correct. But you haven't heard my phone calls. I recently. heard the phone call where you, Lee, Captain, and Ian were discussing it, and you were saying that there would be uses for taxation in a free commonwealth ah, of Pennsylvania. I've reevaluated that. I reevaluated that as a donation, like I okay. said. And I've been bouncing that around Fair here enough. in PA to different people, and it's been sounding good. Yeah, and then, Okay, and a donation been... to who, though? Because you still believe in a state if you believe in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Well, if the state Excuse is funded... Me, are you going to insult me? You don't know very much about history, Bonnie. Now, I have to admit... That's insulting me, and I didn't insult old. you, actually. You are only 27 years old, and I'm going to say right now, watch your tongue before you say something that you may not be correct about. There's I didn't say show. anything incorrect. There I said that you believe in a state because you believe show. in a state. Are you are you getting not. offended because she's using the term state instead of commonwealth? Um, absolutely. In fact, if you want to have What is the, the difference story, though, Ricky? I mean, it is ultimately a group of men and women well, who want to use violence. Show, 
Huh? If you listen to the show from February 23rd of this year, there was a long discussion between yourself, me, and Jay. And it goes through the whole thing. We talked about New Hampshire, too, and for the hell of it, we threw secession in. Okay, can I ask you a question the about way. the difference? If I lived in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and it was uh, this, it already seceded, it's not part of New Hampshire, would I be allowed to live there without volunteering any money to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania? Just, eh, I'm going to not be a part of that. Well, as I was saying, see, my answer is, I'm looking at doing the best achievable results. See, I've come to the conclusion that we can do exactly like South Carolina did and just blow it away at the legislature. But if we do, I would look for, you know, the best possible answer. And I tell you what, my feedback's been very good. As far as was that an answer to the question? Because it didn't seem like you even answered her question. A lot of words. I'm trying to, as far as doing something completely voluntary. See, even something very small, as was talked about recently, you can call anything government, but it'd be totally voluntary. And as far as taxes, like I said. So you're saying Bonnie could opt out if she was living in the landmass known as the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania? That opt she out of what? Opt out of paying into the Commonwealth system. Here's what my idea is. And I've been bouncing this around to different people around here personally. Say, for example, to start off, we'd have a memorandum. There'd be a small amount. That would be to take care of things like you were saying, roads, snow, stuff like that. Now, imagine if you can't pay it. The Gestapo's not going to come out and get you. And when you can start paying into it, you would again. And I've been talking to people, and I know how people are here. They'd be really hip to well, that. What if, what if I'm a multimillionaire, about? everyone knows it, and I don't want to pay into the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania? Oh, so you don't want to pay at all for anywhere you live. So how the hell are the roads in that going to be done? Miss Bonnie. So you want to pay absolutely nothing. He got me nothing. there. You want How are the roads going to be so built without a government? So basically, you want everything for free, so you want to be a soul. You obviously haven't listened free. to me on the radio enough, Ricky, because I don't want everything for free. I would rather no, just Bonnie, not live under I mean, a state where you get it. to decide how all money is spent, where Ricky, king of the Commonwealth, gets to decide who builds the roads, where we're going to build them, and all those things. I would rather live in a place where I could put my money towards whatever I wanted and not just, I got to pay into the system or not pay into the system. I'm either getting everything for free, some crappy product made by Mm -hmm. entrenched bureaucrats or nothing. You know, that's not a, not a choice. And it's just so simple how easy it was to answer the question. Yes or no. Right. Was I able to live in Pennsylvania in his ideal world? He didn't give a clear answer without paying taxes. And he just, well, he said maybe if you didn't, couldn't afford it for a while, that's better than the state we have now, sure, but it's still a state. Mm, yeah, it sounds like there would be someone out there determining whether or not you could afford it, that you would yeah. have to like fill out some kind of form and give them information about your income or whatever, and then they would determine whether or not you were able to opt out. Sounds like a state. Thank you for the call tonight, Ricky. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603 283 6160. I mean, if Ricky is moving more towards voluntary solutions, I think that's great. Yeah, sure. I don't listen to every single Ricky call. It's not like I'm like, oh, it's 730. I got to go hop on and listen to Ricky's call. So I didn't know (laughs) that he changed his mind about that. What about the one on April 23rd at 735 p.m.? No. (laughs) He said February 23rd.
Oh, I know that was that one, right? Like, but, but I mean, there's been others. <laughs> I'm always amused whenever anybody says on such and such a date, as if we, the hosts of Free Talk Live, just have in our memory banks what happened <laughs> here or there. Indeed. Uh, Mark, since we appear to have you back, I, I do want to talk about the Pledge of Allegiance since Ricky brought it up. I happen to have it in show prep here tonight, uh, so we'll get to that. But uh, you did tell me before the show that you were interested in sharing some, uh, I guess, details on what people are saying in regards to the question of which country is freer, the United States or Mexico. And uh, you were doing some research on that recently. Now, I mean, if you just judge by the Economic Freedom Index, it, it seems that the U.S. is more free uh, than Mexico, according to the Heritage Foundation in the study they just put out with Mexico at number 61 and the United States at number 25. But, of course, that doesn't take personal freedoms into uh, consideration. And, uh, and it also doesn't take into consideration the enforcement of rules. Mm. If there's a rule in the books, let's let's talk about Keene, New Hampshire, for instance. It is against the law in Keene, New Hampshire, to play sporting events on a Sunday. But really? they do. It's the whole, yes, it the whole state. It's the whole state. I thought it was Keene, New Hampshire. No, I'm pretty sure that's a New Hampshire state law. Okay. Um, And another state law is is that each municipality must have its own illuminating oil inspector. Mm, Right. Now, I can tell you from having lived in southwest New Hampshire for more than a decade that no town – had I that I found had somebody with the title illuminating oil inspector, Mm -hmm. and there were lots of sports being played. And in, in, in by, you know, town teams, you know, like the Keene Blackbirds and the Keene State Owls, they place sports on Sunday. And it's just because just because the things on the books doesn't mean that it's enforced. And this is mm. indubitably so in places like Central America and frankly, most of the world where mm. they have these laws that some politician managed to ramrod through and then they don't follow them. Um, they just, you know, okay. like, oh yeah, yeah. Orita, uh, as they say in, um, Latin America. What's that mean? Yeah. You know, sometime soon. It means never. They'll get to it, it but they don't, they never do. <laughs> right. It, mm. But it could mean, um, in fact, it could mean it like it, it's a funny word that gets used for a lot of things. It could mean, yes, in fact, they will do it right away. Mm. Or it could mean that they will never do it. One day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, Reading on here on Quora.com, which I've found to be very interesting, although I think that it's a lot of uh, very uh, diligent people answering questions from bots. But (laughs) nonetheless, um, you know, I'm looking at these answers on Quora because this is the only way I can answer this question. I mean, you can go to an organization like Cato and ask the question, which is the freest place? And you'll get the answer that um, the candidate is more free than the United States. The United States is more free than Mexico. And these are statements that just do not appear to be so. Hmm. And not not by my standard. Uh, you know, when I was there in New Hampshire reading these lists, I could understand them. But now, having traveled the world, I don't I don't believe it. Maybe. Hmm. It, I mean, one part that's really uh, different about Mexico than the United States is it. It's like a whole different world for you than it would be for a Mexican, isn't it? Yeah, I think in a lot of ways that's true. Um, you know, there's wealth isn't an isn't freedom, but it's an analog to freedom. You can do a lot more things and you can buy a lot of your time back from the government with with some dollars. Well, and Mexico's just emerging from into a modern market. Well, even my ex-boyfriend's uh cousin, he was pretty rich. Their their whole family got rich uh making a water park. 
but he was uh, also rich on his own and he became a politician and there were so many times when he got like crazy death threats and things like that it it seems like the corruption is so bad i mean also his 11 year old daughter got like uh you know, grabbed in the streets one day, almost like kidnapped. And they live in a pretty safe place. Um, it's it's kind of crazy. I don't know. There's just like all kinds of things that would never happen here. Like someone calling you and being like, yeah, you better uh, step down from your political office or Whoa. I'm going to kill you. And like putting credible threats on Facebook about it and stuff like that. And I think that's true worldwide. Um, I think worldwide that if you are going somewhere, going to move someplace for more freedom, that engaging in their political apparatus is not a good idea. Well, they're, they're they natives, just if I'm being, if I'm not being clear, I, I understand. I, I got it. But I mean, I'm just saying that once you enter that world, the, uh, the, 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 the game changes. Uh, let me tell you a story real mm-hmm. quick. I think it's worth uh, mentioning back in the day um, when we still had slaves, one of the arguments against freeing slaves was, is that you were, um, taking the freedom of the master to own slaves. Now, this is obviously a bass-ackwards way of looking at uh, freedom. The, sure. Well, the freedom to own slaves is now being taken away. But <laughs> quite literally, that was what was being said. And hmm. that's kind of what politics is. Like, you go to New Hampshire in, in part, not in total, but in part to have the freedom to become one of their politicians so that you can take away the freedom that they currently have in New Hampshire of taking away your freedoms. I mean, it's this kind of weird uh, vortex, but nonetheless, it's it's a little bit true. And well, it's, that's how it's people view from it. From their viewpoint, right? From those sure. people's viewpoint, they want to be able to control people, and uh, the freedom movement is a threat to that. So they're gonna they're gonna lash out about it. Right, and I would say that. Um, you know, that that's probably what's going on in Mexico, too. Now, if you just show up in Mexico, and I think this is probably true for a Mexican, too, if you just go to some place that isn't your hometown, like because you care so much more about the politics in your hometown, you go someplace that's, uh, you know, something else going on. Uh, you don't care. The freest I ever felt was in Saipan hmm. when I was like, oh. Those people in America are having an election. <laughs> have fun. I mean, I'm you like know. that right now. I don't care when th- those people have an election federally. You can free yourself in your mind. It's absolutely true. And I think it's uh, it's a great thing to do. I'm just saying that that's how I felt um, in when I was in Saipan in the U.S. Marianas. Um, you know, the one thing that bothered me the most was I wasn't able to watch the Super Bowl the same way as uh, other people were. But, you know, I did find a place to watch it. and uh, But I didn't get to see any of the ads. <laughs> I had to watch those on YouTube later. Mark just watches the Super Bowl for the halftime show. I have seen a few halftime shows, but uh, I'm not a big, <laughs> I just I'm not a big fan of pop music at all. Anyway, um, I think that in many ways, if you go to, in my opinion, if you go to Mexico, you will be able to buy things more cheaply. And that's sort of an analog to freedom, right? If your money goes twice as far. Um, and that also you're not going to get bothered doing too much. But then again, I don't get bothered doing that much in the U.S. It's just that my taxes are high. Right. Once you go to another country, and uh, Mexico is one of them, Honduras is not, that has, a, uh, that has a treaty with the U.S., you can only spend six months there, and then you can spend the other six months in the U.S., and you're still considered a, res- a foreign resident. Now, what does that have to do with the treaty? 
the, there's a treaty and I know Mexico is part of it. I don't have it sitting here in front of me. I can look it up during the break and try to find out more about it. But basically this treaty says that you only have to, that, that essentially it treats those places like a territory as opposed to a foreign country. So normally you had to spend 330 days in a foreign country or so in order to be treated as um, a person who wasn't living in the U.S. I, I but then, oh, then they signed a new treaty with some different nations to say, oh, no, you just have to do six months in these countries. And Mexico is mm. one of them. I still think that you're only describing reasons why Mexico is more free for you. Because if you think about it, if someone didn't already have money, their money's not really stretching any further if they go there and have to get a job because they make less money. They make less money that's right. and yeah. things yeah. cost less. But if they're and already... Rich that's true in New care. Hampshire, right? I mean, like if you go in, if you're, you know, say you're working as a uh, lawn maintenance guy or a real estate agent in Peoria, Illinois, you're not going to just pick up digs and lose all your contacts and move to New Hampshire. If you do, you might as well have moved someplace else. So, um, you know, people are stuck in one place due to the that's work. That's not what I meant, chosen. though. All, all I meant that's was that if you don't already have money, then it doesn't really matter that things are cheap there. You can work online. Many people do. Um, and, you know, make like, there's more jobs than ever for people who want to work online. Yep, that's definitely true. It is certainly easier now to be uh, what they call a digital nomad, somebody who works from their laptop. Uh, more companies are certainly being accepting of that. That is one of the you know, positive results. Of but the wanting whole COVID to be like an influencer situation. type of thing, that that money is going down, right? People are giving less. I would expect less. so, yeah, because there's just so many people that entered into that. Yeah, people who want to just be like, I make videos of me traveling around Mexico City or something like that. They're going to make a lot less money. They get less views. You have to be really YouTube interesting. YouTube is kind of dying, and uh, people have less uh, expendable income or whatever to give to their favorite creators anymore. Yeah, I think that in many cases they're um, they're still getting the ad revenue. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't recommend being an influencer, but yeah. you can work as remote telephone answering for United Airlines, right? Mm -hmm. And if you were in um, Keene, New Hampshire, you're going to pay $4,000, $5,000 a year in property tax. If you're in Florida, you're going to pay um, $2,500 to $3,500 a year in, in property taxes. If you own a home. If, what's that? Sure. If you own a home. Well, you have to live somewhere. And if you don't own the home, you are still paying property taxes on wherever it is you're living. I mean, you could live yep. in a boat and then you don't pay property taxes, but the marina is still going to pass on whatever proper, whatever taxes it pays to you. True. Um, so what are so, some of the, the highlights from this Quora discussion? Uh, you know, what are so, other people besides Mark saying about why? One Mexico thoughtful is person says, in, um, in Mexico, I feel more free because there are a lot less rules and structure when it comes to both businesses and in certain aspects, the general everyday living. People guess, uh, I guess, are a lot more square in the in the American in than Americans when it comes to rules, problems, a lot less squares, excuse me, uh, problem solving protocol and structure. So there's a lot more flexibility and freedom. Example, I sell corporate gifts with alcohol and do not need a special permit or uh, to sell or ship across state lines. Hmm. Another example is that you can generally talk your way out of a problem much easier than in the States, speeding teachers, clients, etc. This happened to me too. When I was being uh, a bribe was being demanded from me. I didn't realize it, but I was <laughs> not being allowed on a bus at Anarchapulco mm -hmm. because I had the wrong badge on. It was this bus was only for uh, presenters and my badge said 
press, but mm. I had the choice between three different badges and I just decided the press badge because I'm more comfortable with that. Yeah. So the guy didn't know that, but he didn't want to let me on the bus. This lady from Argentina, um, who I'm sure you remember Ian, mm-hmm. um, she lights into the dude. I have no idea what she was saying. <laughs> and uh, he's like, go ahead, get on the bus. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so anyway, there are official rules written in print. And then there are the rules with which um, they're with their own exception. Mm-hmm. Number two, Mexicans don't take, make such a big deal out of certain things, such as alcohol consumption, noise, parties, etc. I guess talk the consequences are much less severe in Mexico. Yeah, I want to talk more about it coming up here in moments. Your calls and thoughts are certainly welcome. And My hypothesis, before I forget it, is going to be that people in Mexico take less antidepressants and are more uh, like loving human beings, from what I've noticed. I think the alcohol age was 18 there, if I recall correctly, as well, so a little lower. Uh, there's more coming up uh, here on Free Talk Live. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today. Free Talk Live. Here tonight, Ian. And Bonnie. And Mark. And Mark is with us from Mexico City tonight. We're going to get back into the discussion we were having about, you know, is uh, Mexico actually more free than the United States? Uh, But first, we're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. Again, you can call in about anything you want to discuss. We have Skeeter on the line in California. Go ahead, Skeeter. It's your boy Skeeter, but uh, I'm calling in. Uh, so again, I'm a I'm a market anarchist. Uh, you know, I reject things like uh, the Austrian schools, stupid stuff like that, rights-based libertarianism, voluntarist. He is a market stuff, anarchist, so, but he rejects. Um, that's what he said. Yeah, he rejects. So, you, you reject rights. You said. Yes. I was just wondering how you guys, you know, claiming to, you know, uh, advocate for the quote unquote free market. I don't, I like, I don't like putting free in front of my title, right? You notice it's just market anarchist. Uh, I, I just wonder how you guys get around the fact that, uh, there's going to be a market, whether however you want it to be or not, there's going to be a market. It's like, Oh, you believe in the market. Cool. You can see reality. Good for you. It's not really a belief system. So what's your question? There's a market. Yeah, so like my, my concern was kind of direct, directed more at like Mark and Ian. 
What's the question? I'm I sorry. can answer if I want. Just I ask cl- your question. I didn't hear the question. <laughs> yeah, but I'm more I'm more concerned with you know what they want to. I'm completely unconcerned with your unread opinions uh, on you anything, got, and like, we're wasting again, time talking to you. Like again, I, I was I was just wondering how you guys get so, around the fact that rights are inherently statist in nature. What's that supposed to mean? The fact that uh, it's not uh, it's not coherent with market theory. Okay, I don't know what that all that means, but to me, rights are an agreement that humans came to with one another because it benefits us. It helps humanity to recognize rights in other human beings who can reciprocate those rights. The right to you know, be left I, alone, like, for instance. Kind of like the argument for uh, that status used as for social contracts, right? Along those lines, right? Kind of not at all, because rights are something that people have seen. They're self-evident in the world. When you're a little kid, you find out, oh, if I get hit, it hurts. I don't like that. And then you get taught, oh, you shouldn't do that to other people because the the same feelings happen with them. It's self-evident. Yeah, Yeah, Bonnie, Bonnie. So, I mean... Like you don't think I understand your viewpoint, so like, but what you're pointing, you're pointing. You obviously good, don't understand. Good, you, you wait, no, no. Would well, you think rights are uh, statist? Me. I mean, you clearly we have, have a fundamental disagreement. Skeeter, I know more Skeeter. about all the about you. I don't right? believe that we but, uh, need no. a government to quote unquote protect our rights. They just are. They aren't something that somebody comes no, but, up with. I don't even <clears> agree with really how the way Ian phrased it. That they're things that we just decided because it's good for us that's kind of utilitarian my opinion is that they're self-evident they are innumerable it's not like oh i have the right to x y and z it's i have the right to do anything that isn't wrong it's right and wrong oh so so you're just declaring that uh you know a violation because you guys just believe in property rights right i already explained to you why they exist because they're self-evident i know that only I, I experienced the. I don't, I don't can you shut up? Can come, you shut up so I can talk? Because you're so me. stupid and unread, and this is obviously why. I mean, because you just like aren't listening to anything anyone else says, and you have these dumb opinions with nothing to back them up. So, anyways, you understand from the time you're a little kid that you're the only one in your body that can experience the nerves, nerves, nervous system of your body. Like, if someone hits you, it hurts you. Doesn't hurt everyone else. Just from that idea alone we understand we own our own bodies and everything else follows from there if i own my own body i own the product of my labor i own everything that i have used the product of my labor to create to buy and that's where property rights come from they don't come from somebody saying uh i decided this is going to work out best for us so what do you guys think and they all said yeah that's going to work out best for us maybe that could be a a society recognizing the, the natural laws and then implementing them in in their society but the laws never changed the natural laws of the universe not man's law mark do you want to weigh in on this before i bring skeeter back on the, the line because he just won't stop yep. talking well, I, that, that's what's the purpose of free talk live right is to to talk um no it's to I, have a conversation but go ahead I understand where he's coming from to some extent, right? Like, so many of the laws, the, many of the the rights that are enumerated in the Bill of Rights really couldn't exist without the state. So they would be in that sense status, right? Like, you don't need to acknowledge someone's right to keep and bear arms, which is the first one that comes to mind, um, if, if they're in the absence of a state, 
That doesn't mean that believing that people who have believing people have the right to defend themselves is statist. I don't I would agree. I don't think it is statist. I think that and that's people, what he doesn't understand. People clearly I don't know what he understands and what he doesn't. He's um, called him multiple not, times. OK, well, I'll, I'll take your word for it. I haven't uh, I haven't heard him before. No, I know. I'm just my stance you. is that, in fact, there are unwritten agreements and the unwritten written agreements generally come back to ownership and that. um you know, on Free Talk Live and many libertarian circles, we sort of conveniently forget that the state does own the land upon which we reside. We, no, we I sort reject of defiantly, that. I, I know you do. Um, we defiantly sort of shake our fist at it and say, no, you don't own this. Well, stop saying but we if about I Free Talk Live. if I own a piece of property and I set up a government, it would be completely legitimate. And I think that that's a dichotomy. Now, I don't know I don't know anyone on Free to. Talk Live who's, who thinks that. If I set up a government, it would be this way. Uh, no one on, uh, it's, it's just annoying to me that you're saying we on Free Talk Live believe something I've never heard someone say on Free Talk you Live. You don't believe that if you bought a piece of land and seceded from the United States that whatever rules you put in place would be legitimate it would be my home not a government i wouldn't own a giant swath of land i wouldn't do that unless i wanted a company and to like rent it out to people but then it would just be my property not a government and i know you're you're a little nitpicking on the word of oh if you have private security then that's a cop and if you own a property then you're the president or the king or something i know you think that but i don't agree with that well, that's um, fundamentally what the nation was set up on, the notion that a bunch of uh, sovereigns, a bunch of kings come together and run their own place and then make uh, make agreements on things that um, affect all of them. You know, the roads, for instance, and stuff like that. I'll admit and, and you know, happily that the state has abused at every turn the power that has been given to it. But I think that libertarians a few, there are a few people in the world that understand it, but libertarians are among them, that in fact the state owns the land and everybody on it. And that once you realize that, you are no longer in the trap. Like that's the realization that sets you free because you don't have to follow by their rules any longer. I'm going to bring Skeeter back on the line here. Skeeter, uh, your response? Uh, I, I just... I really want Bonnie to sit this one out. It's not going to go. I really anywhere. want you to never call like, again. You, you, You're the most oh, annoying geez, person. You geez. talk like David from I New Mexico. I want you to call Skeeter. It's you free talk. Just, you could have just responded please. rather than continuing to go after. I Bonnie. can't. I can't talk over her when she's interrupting. Like every single every single segment I talk about, and she does it. She pretty much does it. Because you do things like this. You're not I mean, talking this, about this, the this, subject this, we're talking Bonnie, about. We gave you an opportunity to say something. You just go off about your feelings being hurt. I don't care about your feelings. I don't like you or know you. And if I saw you in real life, I wouldn't give you the time of day. Constructively with Ian and Mark. You're not here to debate constructively. Yeah, you never are. Whatever it is you're trying to say. Not with Bonnie. Not with Bonnie. She can't. Then call back another night. Goodbye. Answer the question, okay? I did. Okay, but, no, but she keeps interrupting me. Can you can you mute her when she? No, I'm not going me? to. But I'm I'm telling okay, you, you so, can like keep talking about the issue you were calling about without continuing to no, harp I, on Bonnie because that's just going to keep bringing her back into the conversation. That's true. I'm asking you, Bonnie. Please just sit this all one right, out. Goodbye. You yes, know what? Please. I gave him the opportunity multiple times, and all he has to do is keep talking about Bonnie. The number here is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Sorry, he doesn't have any ability to defend what he believes because he doesn't have any understanding of what he believes. He's just decided these things. And I'm not just basing this on this one phone call. Anyone who has been listening for the last like two weeks, he's been calling under Brian and then he started calling himself Skeeter. And he just says things 
never backs him up. And then if you say a thing, he's just like, oh, oh my God, that's ridiculous, right? And then you're like, why? And he's like, because it, it's d- ridiculous on its face because it is ridiculous. <laughs> like he doesn't actually have any like way to defend what he I didn't hear he anything that it resembled a fact. Um, but I will say that um, in my experience over 20 years of being on Free Talk Live, that we have had uh, the vast majority, you know, the vast majority of people who call in <sighs> perhaps aren't the best at dealing with people. Then again, I don't know if our hosts are either, but, um, you know, that we don't get a lot of solid debate on Free Talk Live, sadly. Let's go to the phones here. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. What's uh, what's your name? Hi, I'm Robbie from Ohio. Hey, um, Robbie. I think the issue, I'm sorry, I really like the show and everything, but insulting callers, telling them to shut up and tell them that they're stupid, I think it's just getting out of hand. With I don't insulting. care. It's a fact about Skeeter. I, I really don't care what you it, think about it. It just does not contribute. See, exactly. You're you not can listen to a different show. A, yeah. You can listen to Nights I'm Not On. Well, I do tend to agree with the caller on this. I don't like the idea of insulting people. I don't think that furthers uh, a conversation. On the other hand, I do understand that Skeeter is a hostile uh, individual. He's constantly complaining because he doesn't get enough time, he says. and It's like saying uh, that I call like every caller stupid. Like I don't have a civil conversation with anyone. Multiple callers. Okay, who? Uh, Let's see. David from New Mexico. Oh, he's stupid. Uh, Everyone calls him stupid. Yeah, you're just not contributing to well, anything. Well, no, I don't call David stupid. People. I think David's actually very intelligent. Um, he's just some nights he's you know got a hair across his butt for whatever reason, and, and he not, just says stupid things that are stupid, which makes him stupid. And he doesn't actually have caller. anything important to you say ever really in his entire right life. Now, talking like that. Okay, well, I I don't like people sugarcoating facts, having opinions based on nothing. And then also making everybody else feel like, oh, your opinion is just as valid as everyone else. Does that change anything? You don't like me being severe and I don't like you guys being beta males. Who, who cares? <laughs> Listen to a different show. <laughs> Not you, Ian. I just, I, just my opinion. <laughs> you don't, I don't think Ian's think a beta male? You're no. helping the situation by doing that. All That's right, all. Robert, anything else you anyway. want to share tonight? Nope. That's it. Have a all good right, Thanks Bye. for the call tonight. Yeah, I tend to agree with him on that one. I mean, I would try to tone it down personally, Bonnie, if I were you, but I'm not you. So, yeah, you're not me. You know, you do you. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up I can anything. say this about it is is that um, the reason that Cantwell got kicked off the air was racism. But at about the time that, you know, it was like weeks before that, he had he'd gotten to this kind of crazy yelling at people on the air thing. Um, and... That's the observation that came to mind when I was hearing it is, is, uh, you know, Cantwell and what was going on with him before he got canned. Hmm. Yeah. I don't recall that about, uh, he was, he would like scream at me, hang up on him, hang up on him. I didn't yell anything like that. Not tonight, but you have, you have done that before. You have demanded that, uh, that I hang up on callers. And of course it never works because I don't one, like to be told what to do. There was one caller ever demanded you hang up on him and he was a terrible caller and you only kept him on for like a million years because you didn't want to like do what I asked you to do because then that would be <laughs> unlibertarian. That or sounds something. exactly right. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like it's happened more than once. Bonnie. And that's the other thing about Skeeter. It's like no one wants to call or dial into free talk live and listen to that no one wants to listen to you well like rights don't make any sense they're kind of status right well like 
because they are right. No one wants to well, listen to that. It's boring. I don't know whether he had an uh, any kind of substance to the claims. I have that he was heard making. more calls of his than I yours. know you have. And, and it's I'm not like I just your word for it. talked over him every single time he's been on the radio. Obviously, there's been a, a first time he was on, and then there was more conversation had. It, it, I mean, he's called multiple times. He purposely calls on nights when I'm on, and that says, "Oh, I want Buddy to sit this one out because I can't <laughs> yeah, Bonnie, refute anything she says." Two nights a week. Yeah. Right. Yep. I well, I I think that he he started exactly the wrong way, right? Like by saying, "Hey, I'd like to just hear from Ian and Mark on this one." I mean, that's insulting, and expect somebody to get um, you know upset about activated it, sure. over it. Yes, that's yeah, not how no this show works. That. However, what I um I would remind you that there are people who are listening to Free Talk Live tonight for the first time and have not heard heard Skeeter or Brian or whomever call in just like me um, and may have wanted to hear what they had to say. And that's probably what prompted the, the caller. Like um, one of the things that changed my mind on corporal punishment for kids was there was a video released of a judge with a belt whipping his like teen daughter. Now, philosophically, I can see the point of corporal punishment in this circumstance, but man, oh man, it looked terrible. Mm -hmm. And I can see your point. I'm just saying that if you go back and listen to this later, maybe you'll come to the conclusion. It sounds, I don't know. I I prefer not to use the term shrill because it's always applied in a sexist fashion. Okay. I mean, I I just, I'm not going to be like... Go ahead. Let's talk to you for 30 minutes. Freaking idiot. This idiot who has nothing important to say. I've listened to him multiple times and he doesn't actually have any informed opinions. He just says things. And I'm, I'm telling you that. I'm not asking. I have listened to this man speak for way more time than either of you two have. And he's annoying. And I would rather just not even take a call from somebody who wants to call about the same thing every week. Let, let's talk about the definition of rights. That's the freaking boringest thing I can think of. Let's continue here. We got David uh, on the line, or Mr. Butt calling from New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. All the Bonnie's favorites No, no, no. I didn't say I was Mr. What'd you call me, Ian? Bonnie's favorite. I didn't didn't tell you Bonnie's what? Bonnie's favorite. You're her favorite caller. All right. Yeah. Yeah, all right. And uh, and I didn't uh, didn't, uh, tell you that I transitioned to Mr. Butt. I told you I transitioned to major pain in the butt, and there's a big difference between the two. I remember what you said. But. But so don't don't hurt don't hurt butt butt is hurt, and uh, so Bonnie Bo- Bonnie Bonnie uh, summoned me. So what uh, would you like to say to me, Bonnie? I didn't summon you. They brought you up as somebody that I yelled at before. The caller did. No 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 no. You if I rewind the tape. Oh, and by the way, Mr. Skeeter, we don't have tapes uh, anymore. Don't that's exactly me. how it happened. You, you don't you don't annoy me, Skeeter. And you, not, matter of fact, I like almost all of your callers. That shocks you, me you, not at all that you like and you, Skeeter. And you and you like almost none of your callers. You don't know um, that. Anyway, you you said that. Well, that's my opinion. You said to Mr. Skeeter. You can't have an so opinion that, on my thoughts. You you said to, I'm I'm re, re, recalling what you said to the best of my ability, Ms. Bonnie. And you said to Skeeter. You said something about he's like David from New Mexico. So how is David from New Mexico, Bonnie? Um, annoying. Makes jokes that literally go over like a cow fart. Uh, has the same topics every time he calls. Is always trying to sit, make some kind of gotcha statement. And even when we answer completely logically and 
we you haven't got us you just act like you have and then you the show goes on for like 45 more minutes and it's boring and so what i'm hearing from you is that you you think that people should all act in ways that you approve of no i think that if you want to do a thing like call into a radio show you should have a, a an interesting thing to say. You're basically like wasting everyone's time who wants to listen, who wants to have actual conversations. I mean, all this time that has passed since Skeeter called, where we could have been talking about interesting things. Somebody could have called in and brought up an interesting subject and not just like immediately insulted me. Well, I I think rights are an interesting subject, but but he wasn't a particularly good caller on that particular subject. I would respond to what Bonnie said. Okay. Okay. So you labeled, and I don't remember all the different terms because you used a lot of them, but they were all derogatory terms about, uh, un- about like, for instance, that what I bring up is uh, not worthwhile, it's uninteresting, whatever terms you use. Most of the time, but yeah. It is, is, not, is not my opinion or Skeeter's opinion that what we have to say is worthwhile? Is, isn't our opinion worth something? Sure, but that doesn't mean that it's not boring. And, and you know that most of the time you don't have anything actually worthwhile to talk about. You're trying to do some kind of gotcha to Aria. And it's like, it's painful. I don't want to waste. I would rather be doing anything else than sitting in this chair, talking to, or with my headphones on, hearing David in New Mexico say like, Aria, don't you think you were born a, a man technically? Ha ha ha. Like, it's just not interesting. And if you think that's interesting, when, when well, you have bad opinions. Time. And I think that opinions can also be very un- uninformed and dumb. Whether y- it's your opinion or not, that doesn't mean I can't have an opinion on your opinion. Okay, so uh, t- uh, two things are actually one thing, A and B. One, uh, A, I disagree with you. I think I think that you are missing the points that I'm trying to make. I think that they're going by you and you're not seeing them. I don't think so at all. I answered that completely clearly. Can I finish? Well, I just answered a question completely and now your next question is just pretending like I didn't answer it. So it's kind of boring, right? No, I wasn't. What an interesting thing for everyone in 200 radio stations to be listening to right now. You're living up to what Skeeter said about you. You're inter- and, and Skeeter's not the only one. Major Payne says it about you. I interrupted you talk- once this you whole time. You, you think you just get to monologue on the radio yeah. about some boring topic, like how much you don't like me? I don't care. Like, I really don't, I don't care. I, how, who says I don't like you? You when don't like I my opinions that? or whatever. Or I just, I just don't no, care. No, you, you, don't, you don't even get that right because I agree with the majority of what the points that you made. I just don't agree with the, how you make them. Well, I agree so, with what the... Then you're doing exactly what you accused me of, aren't you? You said, like, so everyone I, needs to act exactly how you want them? I'm not going to act exactly no, how you want me. It's just not going to happen. I'm not going to be, I'm like... I'm not asking you to. I, I would like you just to, to, to continue on as the... The as you are, it's rather entertaining. I just want to question you on the validity of some of the things you're saying. I want you to continue being exactly the way you are. Then I don't get the point of your call. That's what that. Now you made my you made my other point is that when I make points, I they go right over the, your head. Yeah, often, sure. And but what but what you do, what you think you see, or what you see is some 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 sub point that I'm making as a response usually to what to somebody's behavior that you see, for instance, as a jab. And that actually isn't the point of my call. That's just a, a verbal boxing uh, defending myself when, when I'm attacked by you. 
okay, you've you've called in and attacked us multiple times, so I really don't care. You've called me stupid, and I called you stupid tonight, so I really don't care. Okay. You're extremely, Can we move on? Uh, that's what I I'm mean, saying. I, I mean, I think this is a boring conversation. Yeah, people I, are calling I, in to talk about the like way Bonnie. I talk. Bonnie I don't care. You caused it, Bonnie. No, I didn't. Well, no, you picked up yes, the phone you and you, your you behavior, called in. Your behavior caused what you're complaining about. So once again, you don't like the way I behave and you want to change it. I really don't care. I would rather I, be talking about I something interesting like and not it? arguing with a bunch of idiots who are allowed to call in every single night and it would never happen on any other radio station in the entire world and then Ian, they complain about it. Ian has chosen the format as Free Talk Live uh, whereas other programs don't uh, and there went 30 minutes. liberal policy and frankly, Ian's policy is better than other then stop complaining about it. Program. <laughs> All right, uh, David, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, the number here, if you want to join the show, is 603-283-6160. You can bring up anything that's on your mind. But, you know, hopefully it'll be something more than just criticizing uh, Bonnie. Uh, of course, the phones are open here. It is Free Talk Live. with your phone calls. Ian, Bonnie, and Mark joining you here tonight. You can join us online anytime you want. Just go to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there. Coming up later this year, uh, Mark is going to be going to Prague once again, uh, as he has done the last couple years, for an event called Liberty in Our Lifetime. It's going to be focusing on the so-called free cities, the idea of a self-governing territory that upholds individual rights and freedoms. Now, I don't think there's really one that's full-on complete yet, but they are working on some of them. And representatives from those projects in the United States, Honduras, Germany, and Norway will be joining to share updates and progress on why you should consider moving to or doing business in a free city. Mark spoke at last year's conference, and he'll be speaking again this year. You can use code FTL for a 10% discount on the tickets there. And once again, that is uh, libertyinourlifetime.org, code FTL, save 10%. It's coming up October 14th and 15th for the Liberty in Our Lifetimes event in Prague. We go to uh, more of your calls and thoughts. Dan is on the line in Michigan here. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Um, I, just, I just want to talk about uh, the U.S. dollar and Bitcoin. Sure. Someone had, someone had suggested that like when the dollar crashes, that it could be more valuable to people trying to stay with private uh, private uh, transactions, something like that. I was thinking about that, maybe. Possibly. You say it could be more valuable to people. What do you mean by that? Well, it wouldn't be nothing to do with the uh, the state no more. It would just be a currency because it's already made. You know, it's solid. Bitcoin or dollars? Are you talking about Bitcoin here? No, the dollar, like coins and twenties and thirties or fifties and stuff, just cash, like, but not no no banking and government control of the money. Well, the, you do understand like, the dollar is controlled by the the government and its Federal Reserve. Well, yeah, right? but what he's trying to say is, if the if it, that all crashed tomorrow, people would keep the physical dollars and coins and still use them to trade. But they wouldn't be worth anything. But they would, what, 
Uh, oh, wait, but... When the dollar crashes, I'm, that means it is going down in value at a very, very rapid clip, no, usually I, due to hyperinflation. Like as a promissory note, you know, like um, this 20... I give you, you take it there, he'll give you, and he'll give you twenty worth of whatever. Yeah, but that the thing is, maybe what you don't, um, maybe you're just not familiar with the idea of inflation. So when the government prints more money out, it increases the supply of money in the economy, and that money is chasing around. Hold on a sec, Dan. The money is chasing around the same amount of goods, so the price of those goods goes up. When the dollar crashes, as you discussed at the beginning of your call. What that means is the dollar's value is crashing, and that probably means it's due to hyperinflation, meaning the Federal Reserve would then be printing out dollars at a record clip. They already printed a lot of dollars within uh, the last few years. I think it was 40% of all the dollars that exist were printed uh, after COVID. So you're already seeing some pretty significant inflation, but generally they don't consider hyperinflation to be hyperinflation until it hits 50% uh, per year or more. So, you know, even if the dollar were to or or even if the federal government were to go away, you know, in the event of a complete failure of uh, of its dollar, which would just be a wonderful thing. uh, I suspect those dollars would not be buying you very much at all because people would realize that the whole dollar was a scam in the first place. So why would someone want to trade something that has no actual value to it? I don't know. There's something either I'm not understanding or. Okay. Well, if they stop printing, okay, like, I don't know, that's just a side note because... Well, here, maybe what you don't understand, Dan, is uh, I'm just going to speculate here, and you tell me if I'm even close to right about this. Uh, the dollar is not backed by anything. Okay, so maybe... I know. You know that? But yeah. Yeah. But okay. it used to be, but... It did. It I did. Thinking, I'm thinking of it as, like, between people, you know, like... Uh, like honest people or something. You're like. saying that it's not like could... a town of people that knew each other and liked each other couldn't say, or could could they not say, we're going to continue using the ones we have and that's going to be and, fine. It's going to be worth this much. I suppose they could try and see what I the don't markets, think it'd be a good currency. See what the market said about it, but I mean, everyone would know that the dollar was a spectacular failure. I mean, how many people are taking the Zimbabwe hundred trillion dollar notes? and trading them for right. any other purpose besides collectible value. That's a good point. I understand, but um, it would be like a new system. There's no more printing. and and But, see, for, one, for the reason I come up with that, someone suggested that it would be more valuable, not because of uh, more printing and all that in the government. But I don't understand it yet. I'm just working on it. Yeah. But I, I'm not, on the other hand, I mean, you can try it and see what happens. <laughs> well, I do got some. Uh, you guys have really changed my thoughts on politics. Like when I, I was like kind of never into politics at all. Didn't give a crap and ignored it all. But then I started getting interested, and then I went to a Bernie Sanders rally. Came back and I'm thinking about that and talking about that, talking to my cousin and stuff. Then I quickly did a 180, voted for Trump, and now here I am doing another 180 or whatever it is to a libertarian type uh, uh, 
outlook. Well, you're on a, you're on a good track here, Dan. And I wish there was like a book that I could recommend offhand. I know there's been a, probably a zillion of them written from a you know libertarian perspective on money, but a good book to look at on explaining the money system and just going over some and of the, the basics Fed? on it is that uh, Ron, Ron Paul? Paul? Is it a good one? I, I don't know. I didn't read it. I've never read Ron Paul's That's one of saying. his books. Like, yeah. well, I wish there was one that I had read that I could definitely say, this is a good one. Oh, yeah. Economics in One I Lesson by Henry Hazlitt. Okay. You've read that one? I've read that one. I can't even read a book anymore these days. You can I, listen yeah. to that one on YouTube they for They have free. audio books. Yeah, on, on YouTube for oh, free yeah. for that one. Yeah. What's one you study? Um, say again? Economics you... in One Lesson by Henry Hazlitt. I, I don't know H-A-Z-L-I-T-T. how... H-A-Z-L-I-T-T. Henry Hazlitt. Yeah, it's been years since I... Uh, actually, I didn't read it. I listened to it as well. And it's been years since then. So I don't really remember if it goes into just like how our money system is set up, but it goes into like everything you could want to know about... Economics. Economics in one lesson. Yeah, I think I've read that one. I think it was pretty good. Also, uh, Turd Ferguson is recommending Murray Rothbard's book, What Has the Government Done to Our Money? Hmm. So that one might write be that, <laughs> That's okay. It's called uh, What Has the Government Done to Our Money? And I have not read it, but I know Rothbard, uh, Murray Rothbard is the author, R-O-T-H-B-A-R-T. He's generally considered one of the leading uh, libertarian thinkers out there in you know the last hundred years or so. So that might also be uh, be a good one. So hopefully that'll help you. Um, what um, what I was getting at sort of was it'd be a whole new uh, a whole new thing in place. Like like the money would you know it doesn't have to be valuable just what it represents you know what i mean like well, that's the thing the dollar doesn't represent anything except the full quote-unquote faith and you know credit or whatever they say of the federal government and no. right now people believe that it has value but as they continue to print 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 which is what they're going to do uh the people will start to realize that it doesn't have the value that it once does and it will uh, right. as soon as people get get it in their heads that it's not as valuable as it once was then hyperinflation uh, can uh, you know really kick into high gear? You're you're saying it has to be backed by something. It doesn't have to. That, I mean, obviously, it hasn't been for 50 years. But in the right. last 50 years, we've seen the value of the dollar plummet dramatically ever since they took away the gold backing from the dollar. So it should yeah. be backed by something to have good money. It should have actual value backing it, and well, it doesn't. All in, it, all in itself, it should be valuable. Like gold and silver. Yeah, and that's, of course, why you know I like the gold back a lot. Goldback.com is a great website yeah. to go and learn about these actual pieces to, uh, of gold that you can trade, that you can keep in your wallet. You guys were talking about Defy the Grid, and I went there and got some gold backs and the silver coin. Aren't they just the coolest hey. thing? I mean, what do you think about the gold back? Do you like it? Yeah, you think they're gorgeous. I, I don't think they're very pretty. <laughs> really? I, I just like gold. Yeah. I got to say, I, like, I think you're unusual like on that one, Dan. I, I think people love gold. I mean, whenever I get the no, gold back, I, go ahead. No, I like, I like the, I like it that it's gold, but I don't think it's pretty. You don't I do, think, like you, the do you design mean the artwork that you don't like the artwork yeah. or the color, like the gold kind of sheen, the color of gold. Well, well, it's sort of like uh, uh, dimmed. The, the 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 image is dimmed, but hmm. I do artwork and I kind of look at it and I. I find it pretty. <laughs> okay, so you're a crit- you're an art critic. I I got you. That's that's. Yeah. But that's the other thing. The front is kind of dimmed, and then the back is really shiny. That's what one thing I yeah. like about it. I like the shiny, but the image is not very nice. Dan, but thanks. I do, mm-hmm. Go ahead. 
Oh, I, do I get to talk about Bitcoin a bit? Yeah, sure. Let's hear it. All right. Um, I'm having a, I, I got one friend that can help me get Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And that's the only onboarding I can get because I tried doing it on my own. Um, either they're, they're doing some tricks with my phone or something, but I can't seem to get any Bitcoin on my own. Mm. But my friend... Well, one thing we're not going to be able to do very effectively here is give you a uh, you know hand holding tour of te- technology and and how to do it. Um, I know, and I haven't read the full book yet, but Aaron Day, the Republican presidential candidate, he did just come out with a book. Um, I you know a lot of presidential candidates uh, release books when they are running for office, and he says that in the back of his book and in, in the appendix uh, that they are going to have a list of like how to get crypto within 15 minutes. Wow. And okay. so I haven't had a chance to actually, I, I'm, I'm like maybe about just over half of the way through the book. Um, so I haven't gotten right. to the appendix yet, but once I get through that, I'll have an opinion about, you know, how good of, uh, of advice it is. But is I, the book out yet? It is. Yeah. Um, All right. I'll check it out. Hey, thanks for the um, call tonight, I, Dan. I do appreciate hearing from you. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. Unfortunately, let me jump in on the dollar, if I may. Sure. Um, the thing that gives the U.S. dollar value is that the United States government takes it in tax. And, um, you know, ultimately, that's it. If That's the utility of it, right? So they made a deal with Saudi Arabia and OPEC um, that other countries need to buy oil in dollars. That's because you know, one of the fiat currencies, that's what the dollar is, a fiat currency. One of those fiat currencies is going to bubble to the top. And right now is the dollar's time, no doubt about it. But ultimately, any fiat currency, its value is that somebody in government said it was valuable and that they will take it for taxes. Yep. And if the government is uh, is collapsing, then its value is going to be highly questionable at that point. Well, what a great call. Somebody who called in about a thing he had thought was interesting. It was pretty interesting. Uh, I hadn't thought about what would people do with the physical dollars if the Mm -hmm. thing crashed or the government crashed tomorrow. Sorry, like the Fed, the money system crashed tomorrow. And then when uh, he didn't know a thing, he said, you know what? I might not know much about that. And then we all went on with our lives. No one interrupted anyone, and it wasn't boring. Indeed. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. I'm going to see if I can get the book title for Aaron Day, uh, which I should know because I'm in the middle of reading it. Uh, but it's a little lengthy. So here it is. It's The Final Countdown, Crypto, Gold, Silver, and the People's Last Stand Against Tyranny by Central Bank Digital Currencies by Aaron Day. So you look for Aaron R. Day on Amazon. You can buy the Kindle version and, of course, it's available in paperback and even hardcover, apparently, as well. So I do want to have Aaron on to talk about it. I've, I've been enjoying the book so far, and it's rare that I'll actually take time to uh, to read books these days unless I'm sitting in a jail cell. So that's, I, I guess, you know, a compliment to the book that has kept my interest. Could be doing a lot of reading soon. Hopefully not. Let's go to uh, Chuck in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah, I love your show. You know, um, I'm listening you on KQX, Needles, California, 1340 AM. Yes, sir. And when Bonnie and uh, Dave Olson from New Mexico were cutting up there, I got a flashback of old school uh, KGO, 810 AM in San Francisco hmm. back in the 90s when they had real good talk radio. 
And uh, don't let that go, everybody. Even uh, so though, co- uh, you're complimenting uh, Bonnie's conversation with, with absolutely. David. That, I mean, you also don't like David, thing. right? So, like, it, you know, if somebody's having a fight with David. Then... I like everybody. Do I'm you? trying okay. to run for president. Yeah, I, I'm going to be. I'm going to be Mike Lindell, and I'm going to run for president. And <laughs> I want everybody to buy my pillow. <laughs> Who's copying who? Is he copying? Is Mike Lindell copying Alex Jones, or vice versa? Uh, I don't know. They're both probably friends with each other. So good, good question. Sharing tips. Chuck, are you really running for president, or are you just yeah, joking there? Oh, I think he got cut off. I didn't know I, if he, he just talking. dropped off the lineup, but it's, his call is still there. So maybe we just lost his signal temporarily. Chuck going once, Chuck going twice. I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to make the Mike Lindell joke. Uh, thanks for the call tonight, Chuck. I, I definitely appreciate it. The number here, if you want to join the show, it's 603-283-6160. Uh, of course, you can bring up absolutely anything that you want to discuss. Bonnie, you had wanted to talk about depression rates. We were talking about Mexico versus the United States, and I did pull up uh, a chart here. Or not not a chart, I guess, but like one of those infographics where they've got the map of the world, and and then you can kind of hover over the countries and see what they say the prevalence of depression is. So I don't have, hmm. you were looking for the number of people, you know, per thousand or whatever that are on depressant anti-depressants. or antidepressants. I don't have that information. Yeah, I couldn't find it. I mean, I didn't take like an hour to research, but just I, we with know a it's simple like one Google out of six. search. We know it's like yep. one out of six in the United States. I was looking for Mexico because that was my. I bet it's one out of sixty. Um, I mean, I would right. say it's a full factor. It would be just a guess that I would take in Mexico. That, exactly. Yeah, that's just my. I would guess the same thing just from like talking to people from Mexico. And my point about it was people have actual like deep love for their friends and family and other human beings. I I haven't been to Mexico, but I've known tons of Mexicans. I'm from San Antonio. And um, what am I trying to say? Oh, yeah. I just think that that has a lot to do with the openness on not enforcing rules like my X, he used to want to start a, I've said this on the air before, but he used to want to start a business like selling cakes from our house. And I was like, we can't do that. We're going to, we would go to jail. And he was just like, Bonnie, you need to be more Mexican. (laughs) Uh, According to this chart, uh, the United States has a prevalence of 5.9% of the population with so-called depression. And that actually sets the United States at number two in the world. What's one? Number one is actually Ukraine. I was going to say Iceland or something because they're high on antidepressants. Yep. Now, this is uh, data from the Global Health Data Exchange. And again, U.S. at number two. Well, I guess it's tied at number two with Australia and Estonia at 5.9%. By comparison, Mexico is uh, lower with 4.2%. So, again, where those numbers come from, I don't know how many of those uh, people are on the uh, antidepressants, because what doesn't make sense is if it's it's only, you know, 6% of the population in the United States are supposedly suffering from depression. Why are one-sixth of the population, which is a higher percentage, closer to 16% on antidepressants? Well, my little brother got put on antidepressants just for telling—he works a night shift in in the Air Force, and he went to the nurse telling them, like, I can't get— used to the night shift like every time because it's not like full time it's like he's half the time on night shift half time he's not and uh he wasn't saying he's depressed at all he -hmm. told the nurse like i need something to stay awake and he got a prescription he started taking it then he googled it afterwards and he was like this is an antidepressant can you imagine not looking up a medicine no (laughs) and i was so confused about (laughs) that you're gonna put in your body Jeez. all right let's continue here with uh oh wait 
I, I just want to say, if, if it wasn't clear what I meant by that, if you can't see why I brought those two things together, let's look at the Jay Noon case. In a, in a place like Mexico, where everybody is like very openly friends, they ha- if they're e- eating out, they're going to invite their neighbors, things like that. You know, not like everyone is friends in Mexico, obviously, but there's just way more big family, uh, you know, community type situation there than America. If somebody sees a kid in a car seat outside... Do you think they're going to just call the cops? I think that's an that's a failure of a human being and a in a yeah, society, quote unquote. Does does Mexico have Karens like the United States does? You know, I'm sure they do. Yeah, but do what they have it as bad? Of, right. What prevalence of Karen? I can't imagine they do. I don't. I don't want, Wouldn't think that the response to hey, there's a kid in an air conditioned car, um, and, and on a 75 degree day sitting in here, and he's been in here for an entire 13 minutes so far. I think he's going to die. <laughs> um, you know, like I don't think that the response to that call would be much of anything. I want to go to the phones here. We got uh, this caller. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? This is Mike down here in Florida. Hey, Mike. I had a question on how the um, system works when you got that um, set up with the private security. I've heard it explained before. Where would you take the people that have done something wrong and who would hold them? How how would they be held and what would be – how would you deal with that? Yeah, I think you're you're asking about what might happen with, like, an actual dangerous criminal in a world or a country in which there was no – centralized monopoly on violence like like the government as we know it is that what you're asking about? right 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 yeah that's an excellent question uh there's a book called the market for liberty that was written by morris and linda Tannehill in the 1970s that i think addresses this fairly well but the answer really is that we can't really know exactly what it would look like um i think libertarians do generally want to see more restitution uh, being paid to victims rather than just throwing people in jail cells. But obviously, there are certain people who are not sorry for what they've done. They're not willing to pay restitution, and they are a constant danger to the people around them. So those people, I think there is a very strong uh, you know, argument to keep them separated from society. Now, yeah, and I think that if you're talking about sort of the difference between pre-sentence confinement versus pro- post-sentence confinement, that this is sort of necessary to look at. Um, let, let's. I think that the best thing to do is to sort of look at the way justice was meted out prior to, let's say, the last hundred years. So if you were in a community and somebody was just running amok, they'd be held in some manner or another. They might have a little room off someplace that they call the jail and they'd put that person in there. Um, And then they would presumably get justice within weeks. Like there would be a trial within weeks. And then the response, the judge would make whatever uh, sentence they, you know, they made. And remember judges hands have been tied in the last hundred years. Basically, legislators have said the only choices you have are fines, uh, incarceration, and death. Like, that's all judges can mete out. You know, there's no more stocks or, um, you know, things like that. So the judge may say if uh, somebody, um, I I don't know, is uh, coming on your property and and threatening you and, um, you know, the whole trial, they're like, yeah, I'm still going to do this. (laughs) They're probably going to, uh, you know, remand that person into some kind of confinement or they're going to say that they're dangerous to their community and just off them. Um, I'm not saying that corporal that uh, capital punishment would be less in a libertarian world. And I'm kind of against capital punishment, Mm -hmm. 
but nobody wants to pay for incarceration. Like how many people do you want to pay to keep in prison? Because you're right, kind of right, victimized right. and then you're victimized again to pay for them. Right. To, to stay, to keep alive. So I, I think that it's, we, again, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, some people have speculated on this. Uh, and I, if I, I don't remember if it was Dr. Mary Ruart who made this speculation or if it was the Tannehill's, but the question is, all right, let's let's say we're not going to just execute people and that, uh, you know, there are still these dangerous people that need to be separated from society. How do you pay for that without, a, you know, a system of confiscatory taxation based on the threat of violence against the people of the area? Well, well if the police station that was uh, doing all this was voluntarily paid for as voluntary security then maybe it would just come from that well it could be a voluntary thing by uh, society um it could also incentivize the people in the system the people who are being put into these jails now right now it's not uncommon for them to put you to work in a jail right or in a in a uh, a prison uh you usually get a fraction of uh you know penny per hour or whatever it is that they're paying out but they could essentially incentivize the prisoners to work and contribute towards running the facility but at the same time, give themselves a better stay, right? Like you can't force someone to work because then, you know, it's slave labor and they're probably not going to be very useful. But if you can give them an incentive to say, look, you'll get the better uh, cells, you'll get the better meals, you'll get the better, you know, fill in the blank, the better treatment if you go to work. If you don't want to work, well, then you have to sit here and live off of the charity uh, of the community. So there could be different kind of tiers that may actually help rehabilitate people. We haven't uh, even brought up exiling people. Hold that thought, caller. If you want to continue the discussion, you're welcome to hang with sure. us here and okay. we'll continue. We'll continue it. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. And of course, you can bring up absolutely anything that is on your mind. Plus, we can come back to the depression conversation. Is Mexico more free than the United States? And it's all coming up on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour here. Phones are open. You can bring up anything you want to talk about. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Uh, we were on the phone a moment ago with a gentleman from Florida. We're going to bring him back on the line. It's Ian, Bonnie, and Mark here tonight. And uh, Michael in Florida listening to WOCA out of Ocala is asking, well, what would exactly things you know what might things look like in the absence of a centralized one-size-fits-all monopoly on violence that we know today as the state what do we do with people who are really violent uh the people who aren't part of the state who are violent your average criminal somebody who commits a murder or a rape or you know fill in the blank whatever kind of uh violent crime that they're committing they're not sorry for what they've done. They intend to keep on hurting people. You've got a true psychopath you're dealing with. What do you do to keep that person away from the rest of society? Michael, did I kind of, uh, did I recap that appropriately? Yeah, sure. And that's exactly what I was calling and asking about. Um, Mark mentioned something about judges and then Bonnie, you said something about the, the matter of, of if it was a voluntary service of the, the police force, but would there be or or would there not be any relationship with the quote actual authorities that deal with that or are we going to in our utopian setup have some folks that are actually judges or i'm just trying to figure it out how, how it would work and i know you're still 
looking at it and trying to figure it out yourselves, but I was just curious. Yeah, so um, I know you'd asked Mark and Bonnie, but I just wanted to weigh in here on this. Uh, the, oh, that's fine. The question of courts is an important one because there's certain things that governments have done for as long as we've been alive and our grandparents have been alive that we always just figured, well, it has to be the government. We have to have a government for these things, and courts is certainly one of those things that have always been monopolized by the state. Um, and I think what the the free market advocates would say here is that any service is going to be done better if it is done in the in the free market it's going to be made cheaper uh we know the current justice system isn't that great right like we we can easily sure. find uh, a lot of problems with the status quo um you know the jury system kind of sucks uh they say it's the best system in the world but that ain't saying much that's like you know saying you have the best form of cancer yeah they're so proud uh, of it too you know in the in the rest of the world so, you know, what what would it look like to actually have market competition in the area of justice? And and again, that's one of those that's one of those questions that is difficult to answer because we don't know exactly how it would get set up. And another thing I'd like to point out uh, that sounds like you're kind of making this assumption, Michael, is that all of the landmass known as the United States wouldn't have to look exactly the same if we didn't want it to. I mean, it doesn't all have to be the same country with the same setups in each area. My, uh, me and my neighbors could come up with a system that's totally different than you and your neighbors. Well, some people believe that oh, there no, would be. Totally, totally agree with that that idea and 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 um, thing, Bonnie. I wouldn't know. I didn't have an assumption the whole thing would have to be across the United States. I was just trying to get an understanding, or if there's been any deeper discussion that I yeah. That let's I let's let's see if we can yet. throw some ideas out there and and see if anything even sounds remotely feasible. So some people have have suggested that there would be insurance providers who would provide protection services. So in the same way that we have insure, insurers to uh, protect you after the fact of a car accident, there may be insurers who provide actual, you know, armed police protection, some sort of uh, protection service in the same way that you could have a fire company respond to a fire at your house. You could have the same thing with uh, with policing. So what that might lead to are competing forms of protection agencies that would offer different levels of service, you know, everything from 24-7 uh, armed guards down to just somebody to come by and train you on how to use a gun or, you know, give sell you some locks for your front door. I mean, and, and, you know, so there may be all kinds of things in between there, services uh, such as neighborhood patrols, etc. And then the question is, well, what happens when one of these services picks somebody up who is an alleged criminal? You know, maybe they're prowling or they, they just broke into somebody's exactly. house or, or something like that. And and in that case, uh, I think one of the important things to point out is that they better make sure they've got the right guy. Because if they pick somebody up who is completely innocent, someone who has not actually committed the crime that they are then accused of committing, well, now you have an instance of kidnapping. Yeah, well, I think that the way that Mark was explaining this, it's also the way that... Alu explains it in his book, uh, Presumed Guilty. Um, the way that they used to do it slash the way that it really should be done, that wouldn't ever happen because if somebody was going to be incarcerated, it would be the people who were clearly out in the street breaking things. Somebody who needed to be stopped right then, that person would be incarcerated. But then if there was something like, oh, there was a theft, we have suspects, those people wouldn't ha necessarily get incarcerated just because they uh, matched the description. They'd have to actually 
do something in front of witnesses to get put into an actual holding cell. Today, we have like all kinds of people in there who haven't even seen a a judge yet, who are just waiting for their initial thing, who just Mm -hmm. got picked up and they're completely innocent. I think that that's a huge breach of due process. So what you may end up having... I I agree that... that, in in regards to a victimless crime that, that I hear y'all speak about, I'm I'm totally in agreement with that with that yeah. a- aspect. And I was I was just in in my initial question and in, in calling in was just to seeing the the overall picture and how it would it would operate. Yeah. So let's it. look at the courts for just a moment. Um, presuming we have competing uh, policing agencies that are competing to be the best. And rather than just this one-size-fits-all monopoly that we currently have, where if you're not happy with their service, too bad, you still have to pay for it. Yeah, and good luck uh, changing anything. Yeah, uh, whereas here you would hire a company because they had a reputation for being good. They get their, they get to the calls quickly. They are you know, good at not shooting your dog. Uh, you know, things that the current government system is really terrible about. And so the best companies would rise really? to the top, presumably, in the, the markets, and the ones that were corrupted or whatever... Uh, would not likely get customers. And the same thing could be true of the courts, where there would be differing competing courts out there offering you know, different expertise, for instance. Maybe judges that had certain expert uh, ability in certain questions rather than just sort of one-size-fits-all judge that has to decide all cases. Uh, whether we would have a jury system or a system of, of experts, again, I don't know how all that would work. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to me that a 30-something-year-old childless gay man got to decide that uh, Shallon Noon uh, endangered her child by leaving it alone for 15 minutes the other day. Yeah, you're referring to the judge in uh, Concord District Court that we discussed with uh, Jay Noon on Thursday. So, you know, maybe we would have right. some experts that would be actually in these courts. and Obviously I'm- not a child care expert. Yeah, and then we would then see what the market decided as far as which courts were the most valuable, which courts were uh, providing the best service. I mean, anytime you look up a court on Google and it has like a rating, if you look up, like today, if you go and look up your local court building, if it's more than two out of five stars, I will be shocked. Usually it's like zero to one star. (laughs) If it's, you know, better than average, it's probably a two-star rating. So people currently hate the system as it is. They know the system is corrupt. They know it's terrible. Even if you're doing uh, something, um, if you're involved with the court for something that they are technically helping you with that, they're doing it badly. Like, I I don't know if I've even said this on the show, but I got a restraining order against somebody for a very valid reason. And the only service I can use currently legally is the freaking cops that exist from the government. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, not only have they not or failed to serve the guy mm-hmm. they can't find him the lady at the clerk's office today was saying i have talked to the police office about it even though the police or keen police department told us like i know nothing about it yeah. i know nothing about that they, i mean they give you a runaround they it, pass the buck quote unquote they're helping us but someone else and, could do it so much better and it's worth pointing oh, out yeah. this isn't a town of uh, 17 million people this is a town of 23 thousand and you know the, the fact that the police can't serve a uh, you know some kind of restraining order you know might be indicative of it well it's certainly bad customer service i don't want to jump to any conclusions but it's certainly bad customer service and i love telling this story about when i was in the u.s marianas on the island of saipan the island of saipan has fifty-five thousand people on it hmm. it is 
13 miles long and five miles wide. Wow. And two times, two times while I was there in a two month period, they found somebody who had been on the run for close to two years. Mm -hmm. Both times it was automobile wow. accidents. Um, they, they found these people. These people had had warrants out for them in a, a, a municipality of 55,000 people. I mean, mm -hmm. I, that's a small place. And for two years, and to consider how many people are employed as police officers on this island, and then you realize they're all related I mean, the cops were hiding these people until they couldn't could no longer not hide them. Hmm. And, wow. uh, you know, that's it. It could very well be going on in a municipality near you that the police decide, well, I really don't want to go after cousin Jim Bob, even though he is well, kind of kooky. I just don't want to do that. And besides, I don't like these other people, yep. so I'm not going to give them good customer service. And frankly, Having spent uh, 15 years in Keene, New Hampshire, I believe their police department would do exactly that. Yeah. So then you got, um, you know, possibly competition amongst the courts, maybe getting the best price as a result of that. And then, of course, about the jails, uh, whatever those would, would end up looking like. And again, maybe we would see competition in uh, these areas and maybe they would be competing on things that we can't really we, we might be shocked that they compete on. Maybe we would actually see jails that depending on the society i mean if you're in a society that's like full of punishment mentality people then you might see more punishing style uh, jails now i personally don't think that is particularly effective and uh hopefully the market would move towards what's most effective which would be to actually rehabilitate people and maybe we would see jails that would be competing on uh, providing the best opportunity to the people who are going to be uh, put in those facilities maybe the jails would be offering their services to the person who was going in uh, to stay, and maybe that person would actually get some sort of choice in where they ended up going to stay based on what was available and, and what the services were and, and things like that. It's really hard to know what all this would look like, but hopefully that gives you, I don't know, something to start with. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate y'all's time, and I, I really always enjoyed the program. I was just wondering how, how the, the possible setup would be. And, of course, I'm thinking, too, maybe like y'all, that that um, murderers, rapists, child molesters, and that, what have you, don't need to really necessarily be around the day after tomorrow. Yeah, I think some people would, would take that viewpoint, um, although, as uh, Mark has pointed out many times, humans are fallible, and so... You know, it would be a real right. tragedy to accuse somebody of murder who didn't oh, actually you, commit well, murder. Well, we're not talking about accu 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 accusing. We're, we're, we're like you said, multiple, like Bonnie was saying, m multiple witnesses, and it, it, it's or even. Well, you hopefully, know, in that case, that person would just get shot on the scene by whoever happened to well, witness you, them. You would, you would, you would hope so. Taking somebody's life. Hmm. <laughs> That's a good point. You would hope so. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Bonnie. Did you have something else to in interject here? Well, kind of like Turd Ferguson called the other day, and he asked. Um, basically, if you knew that you could stop a terrorist attack, but you had to waterboard one person to get mm. the information out. Um, uh, my answer to that was, well, the answer to that is not to waterboard people, but to beef up your own security, right? If you know a ter terrorist attack is going to happen, then instead of 
torturing an innocent person because in this scenario that for some reason makes sense. It's ridiculous. We know that torture doesn't get good information anyway. Right. Well, that's the answer to that question is is that A, yes, I would waterboard a person in order to stop a terrorist attack that killed, uh, you know, 300 people. I would. However, I also am fully, completely aware that torture has never worked and gave us the terrible information that's uh, about the, um, the the nuclear weapons in Iraq that caused the invasion in the first place. Like, torture gives you the opposite results of what you're looking for. Well, that's like, why my answer is no. You're, you're, yeah. you're saying your answer is yes, but that's not my answer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what... What I'm saying is, is that I would be willing to bend the rules to get the truth but this bending of the rules has has a very poor track record of getting the truth i wouldn't allow my eternal soul to be guilty of torturing an innocent man mm-hmm. even if it was to save um 300 people or whatever you said and yeah. that's why i would do it and it would he said innocent man yeah that's what it's, he specifically said he said it's it's a, a question to purposely make you have to choose between sticking to your principles or not i mean it's a fine uh what's the word theoretical question yeah it's a trolley it's a it's it's another trolley uh scenario i want to also point out michael that what we're not what we're talking about here is not utopia okay so the libertarian viewpoint isn't asking for a utopia it doesn't expect uh utopia we know that even in the absence of a government one-size-fits-all monopoly system we're still going to have people who are uh, doing wrong we're still going to have corruption we're still going to have malfeasance Uh, you're going to have bad uh decisions too yep it's going to happen, but you know, all we're looking for is something better. And so far, competition has generally gotten us better things. So yep. the anybody who wants to protect the United States court system on first, primarily civil law, because that's just ridiculous. They shouldn't be involved in civil law at all. But secondarily, criminal law, like what are you trying to protect? Exactly. All right, Michael, anything else uh, you want to share? No, I just pre- appreciate it very much, and I, I actually myself done done um, private security, uh, b- both armed and unarmed, mm-hmm. and mostly at a hospital. And um, it's de- definitely something that, um, well, even the prison system. I, I have seen some prison systems, smaller ones, set up with with private, not the um, what's that, that? I can't remember the name of that um, group that starts with an S. But anyway, they really got it, got it in for young people the, the youth and the, the teenagers but um scared straight no 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 i i, I can't remember the name of it the, uh, is this but, a but, private but, prison but, company you're you're thinking about yeah it's a private pr- prison company but but i ha- what i'm saying is i have seen some other smaller prisons operated privately not you know government connected or or the whole system where somebody like a, a judge is feeding feeding people to it um, mm. that operated with a, a proper setup and and the recidivism rate has declined because they were trying to um, you know get get them trained and to jobs and make mm. better choices in life and they get what, out. But what I think is so amazing to- is is that everywhere globally we can say this about every place on the planet um, that people demand and yearn for justice, right? They want to see the bad guys uh, stopped and they want to see the good guys prosper. And somehow government manages to get in there and screw that up again and again and again. And I can only presume that a free market 
in a free market that people would demand justice. Nobody likes the idea of somebody being incarcerated longer than they need to be. And um, frankly, what I would say about uh, the state and incarceration is, is that Everybody reaches their moment of rehabilitation at different points, and the least qualified organization to figure out what that moment is, Mm -hmm. is the government. Yep. Thank you, Michael, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you here tonight. And I think it's also important to point out here, when we talk about, you know, prisons that are run in a marketplace, we're not talking about the privatized prisons of today, because in a lot of cases, those are rightfully criticized as being terrible places to be. Uh, as are the, the government prisons. Oh, I'm sure the government gets to choose who gets to be a private prison. Right, right. And it's a good old boy thing. And, you know, the buddies of the politicians are the ones that are getting the contracts and things like that. We're talking about competition in prisons. We're talking about where it's not the government deciding this one size fits all monopoly on violence, deciding that, OK, this one prison is uh, acceptable. It meets our government standards for being a prison, which is, of course, torturing people or whatever other things that they do there. We're talking about an actual competing uh, environment, a true market uh, for incarceration. Now, again, what that would look like, uh, I, I, that remains to be seen. And I, and I do think it would have a lot to do with the kind of people in the society. You know, there's only there's there's certain things some people think are valuable that other people don't. And. And how that would all end up hashing out with uh, with the market, I think it would be very interesting to see. I think there have been a lot of uh, studies that have shown over the years that the sort of tough-on-crime attitude hasn't been particularly successful. The punitive uh, punishment system hasn't actually resulted in you know, uh, lower recidivism rates and the idea that, you know, you're going to go to prison for the rest of your life hasn't necessarily stopped people from doing crazy things. So could there be a more uh, compassionate solution that maybe we haven't really found yet? Uh, I think that uh, hopefully we we would discover that. But if people want a a bunch of really tough places for people to to be incarcerated, uh, presumably the market would give them that. I don't know. Uh, all right, let's continue here. We've got Crichton on the line in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Crichton. Hi. Um, I wanted to call in because it, I could actually help the previous caller, but I called in to, uh, for a previous conversation about inflation, and they're both related, ironically. Um, before COVID, I would occasionally teach a, a, at a co-op for homeschoolers. I would teach praxeology. And uh, two of the books that I would use were part of a series called the Uncle Eric series. First one is called Whatever Happened to Penny Candy and was related to inflation and money and all of that stuff. And the Mm -hmm. second book I would use is Whatever Happened to Justice and was related to how um, free societies would manage justice prior to government co-opting that function. And I, I think that even though these books are targeted at middle schoolers, that they are excellent primers on both those subjects. Okay, can and you name them one more time? Whatever Happened to Penny Candy and mm-hmm. Whatever Happened to Justice. Okay. They're, they're part of a series called the Uncle Eric series. Okay, excellent. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and another book that, that in that same series that is more in-depth is called The Great Money Mystery. Oh, okay. Um, I've heard of all these. And that one and that one goes into into uh defining what money is and and by doing so 
excluding the U.S. dollar from money. Hmm. Um, but it does so in a story form, and it, it is very entertaining. Excellent recommendations here, Crichton. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to share tonight? Nope, that is exactly what I wanted to share. All Thank right. you. Thank you for the call tonight. That's a really cool, uh, good recommendation. I, I like the book, um, The Richest Man in Babylon, for the same thing. It's a novel, but it explains. It's it's an allegory for real situations and topics. Mm-hmm. Isn't that about uh, like how to handle money? Yeah, how to save your money. Mm-hmm. I had to uh, read parts of that in a class. It's probably the most productive thing I had to learn in, in, school. in high school, at least. Wow. That I can remember off yeah, the top of my head. They wow, they had that. the richest man in Babylon as uh, required reading in your high school. That's great. My, that, I think that's wonderful. That was the one teacher that was like a really good teacher. And they were basically like unrestrained because we lived in the middle of nowhere, even though it was a public school. So some were terrible and some were pretty good. My only critique on the book, and um, I think it's a great book, is that they su- they suggest investing and then don't really give you a good way to determine what investments are good and which ones aren't. But you know, that's it. That's subject of another book. Hey, uh, there's Mysteries. more coming up here. We got time uh, for you if you want to join us. Harry Brown wrote one actually called Fail Safe Investing, which was really interesting. It's pretty short, too. Uh, that's the former Libertarian presidential candidate from the year 2000 and 1996. We got more coming up. Talk live phones open if you want to join us here. We have time for you. Uh, the number is 603 283 6160. And here tonight, it's Ian and Bonnie. Mark uh, was with us, maybe having some technical oh, difficulties. Really love those days. Oh, there he is. Oh, he's there just he pa- not paying attention. Oh, <laughs> we're interesting and hung out with us. Are you talking to us? No, he's talking to someone else. It sounds like he's got some. Oh, sorry, just there. sitting down. Okay, <laughs> welcome, welcome back to the show. All right, so Thank you. the the number here, uh, Mark Edge, with us from all the way in Mexico City. Uh, the number here is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. We're gonna go back to your phone calls and thoughts coming up here. Of course, you can bring up anything you want. Let's talk first to Conejo calling us from FEMA Region thirteen. You're on Free Talk Live. Well, right? hello there. Brother Ian, Brother Mark, and Sister Bonnie. <laughs> Hi, Kaneho. What's on your mind tonight? Just kidding. Sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know if anyone's mentioned the phrase yet, but uh, I've heard this as polycentric law theory. Oh, are we and, talking about uh, competing courts, that idea? Yeah, competing courts, uh, competing justice, security. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the Interesting examples that we've got in history is when before San Francisco was part of the United States, and it's basically just a mining town that exploded into a city overnight, they came up with private police forces. Hmm. And San Francisco is one of the few places that actually still has private police. They also have a bunch of communist and socialist police forces layered on, scabbed on top of that. They still they have still private have, police today? Never heard of that. Yeah, they're they're a very small minority, but there will be a office building. It'll have a private police force who's empowered as a police officer fully. Um, I don't know exactly how that works, but if you Google or excuse me, if you web search um, "private police San Francisco Reason" magazine, there's an excellent article. I'm not hmm. a big fan of Reason normally, but really great article there. 
Well, it sounds um, like they need to expand the idea beyond the office building because uh, San Francisco's in trouble big time right now. They uh, That city's in bad shape cr- criminally. Like, you got businesses closing down all over the place. Too much stealing, right? Nordstrom has closed its two stores or is closing its two downtown stores. Whole Foods uh, closed its store in uh, in downtown San Francisco, and there's been others as well. So it's they, they're desperately in need of trying something new. But I think, as you pointed out, there's so many socialists there it's hard to uh, to change that system. Yeah, and one one other thing is uh, it, it, with the what do you do with psychopaths and with murderers and people who uh, come into a community and cause havoc? Yeah. Well, the the thing is, give them badges. Private per- <laughs> pardon. Give them badges. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you come onto private property, there's this. Uh, there's this person who did an open source version of law and he did maritime law, commercial law, uh, whatever the French system is called, English common law. And it's basically a big codex of law that you can pick from like a la carte. And it's called ULEX, U-L-E-X. And the idea is you can subscribe to whatever laws you want and build your own profile. And if you're doing business with someone, if you, if you have a, a deal killer, uh, where you won't do business with someone who doesn't agree to this certain set of rules that you agree to, mm-hmm. like you got some certain sticking points, then you can't do, you can't contract with each other. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. And then uh, a, the, another thing, the Ulix, is, it, it, Ulix you, is very interesting. So the guy named uh, Tom W. Bell, uh, professor out in California, came up with this, and basically what he went did and uh, went through English common law and stripped out what he called the activist portions and left it very sort of bare bones. Um, English common law has widely globally uh, been accepted as the standard uh, that, you know, places wish to use when they choose to use arbitration. Um, You know, so Ulix is intended to be the next best, the, the next new best thing from that. Yeah, it's very helpful in like international business dealings and negotiations, I guess. But the other thing is, if you've got a murderer who's coming into your community, well, that person, if they haven't agreed to certain terms, well, they're trespassing. So they are subject to your laws. So that's mm-hmm. kind of, if everything's private property, there is no, what do you do with this person who doesn't agree with your law? That doesn't exist. Okay. Makes uh, makes sense to me. Um, it, like I said, it'll be interesting to see how that all ended up shaping up. What do you think about the question of competing jails like how do you think that would end up working out uh that's the first time i've heard that and that has my head spinning i love it yeah if you were if you were carrying insurance uh, back in the 18 late 1800s people would carry multiple life insurance policies multiple health insurance policies Mm -hmm. you might carry insurance policies or excuse me security force policies mcdonald's security and justice and brinks security and jurisprudence or whatever and be members of both. Mm-hmm. So you might, you might, or you might have to, you might be a member of one. But one of the considerations you might take into account when you're choosing from this menu of service, uh, security, and justice services, is how do they treat me, and how would the, if I if I'm accused of a crime, how much do I trust them to give me justice and judge me fairly, mm-hmm. and what would happen? Would I would I be penalized or would i would it be restitution um so that that'd be a menu choice 
Yeah, in a lot of cases, I think that if we're talking about crimes of the victim, which is what I like to call crimes, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you're, most people want some kind of restitution. Um, there are certainly people that want to see punishment, and I you know, I don't have a particular problem with that, but the vast majority of people just want to be made whole and they want the person out there to not do that thing again. And by made whole, there's some things you can never make whole for, but you can make an attempt. Right. Um, And so when it comes to restitution, it may be that some organization comes along and says, hey, I'll buy, uh, you know, bad Ian's labor for the next three years at uh, $30,000. And another organization comes on and says, I'll buy bad Ian's labor for $35,000. And whatever the situation is, maybe that's how the restitution gets paid to, uh, you know, the victims in these circumstances. And um, you know, we we don't know what bad Ian's going to be doing for labor, but I suspect it won't be pleasant. Yeah, and if, if if you're into punitive justice instead of restorative justice, well, you better be ready to subject yourself to that law system. Mm. I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. Conejo, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate the thought. Oh, I just want to tell him if he's yeah. really interested in that idea, he should read Chaos Theory by Robert Murphy because he talks mostly about that. Which about what? Private uh, court and. I think prison systems. Oh, no kidding. I didn't know that. All right, Conejo, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's continue here. Caller, you are on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Um, I'm Dan from Nebraska. Dan, what's on your mind tonight? So I was listening to your guys' conversation about the jails that was just going on. And the the point that I heard about... um, you know, buying labor of jails and private jails. Mm-hmm. I, it makes me worried that if this kind of system were to be implemented, you could have something similar to the old school debt peonage that used to be done in the United States. And what is that? Right. I mean, this is so. Oh, it's still done it, in the United States. It's just done if you owe if you owe the government. Well, I don't know about that. If it's done if that's technically should still be called debt peonage because they're not necessarily like working off you know a bond or something they're generally serving a time that we think is reasonable of like separation from the rest of society for their safety i don't know if if we would agree you think not paying taxes makes you dangerous to society to a degree yes I mean, <laughs> you're, using, you're using the infrastructure and not supporting it. Well, in a lot of cases, you don't have an option of using infrastructure that is um, in competition, right? Like, there's not a lot of free market roads there in Nebraska. Am I correct? Uh, that's correct. There's barely yeah. any, basically. And, um, you know, the federal government really only sent, spends money to the interstates anyway. And frankly, if they had to, they could fund interstates in a variety of different fashions um, if that's what they wanted to do. But there's more um, the vast majority of tax goes to the war machine in the United States. And I, as a Quaker, personally find this abhorrent. So I try not to pay tax. It's actually the war machine things. and it's paying the um, debt. It's paying the, the debt machine. on the the, uh, the dollar loans that the Federal Reserve makes, paying right, the interest works. payments. Yeah, which are now, I believe, the interest payments per year are actually higher than the defense budget. Doesn't that make uh, ta- well, all taxpayers debt pe- 
uh, what was the word? Debt peons or whatever he said. Peonage, I think he said was the word, but I'm not. Isn't it debt peonage for wars to pay taxes? No. So, base debt peonage is when basically you would owe a huge sum for some like crime you did, and you would basically be bought out or you know leased out to you know some private company where you know they would pay you or pay your way out and you kind of like owe them back and uh this is not the same thing and well, i think it's similar i think it's in the same vein because the logic of the logic of this jail system is that we need this to uh keep this huge system going it's more about you know the stability and the order of the system than it necessarily is about you know making sure somebody gets paid i don't even know what you know, what you're point. saying at this point dan when i think you keep i talking draw... about a system hold on bonnie you keep talking about a system here and what we were talking about at least what i was talking about was the idea of competing jails uh that would compete on the basis of services for the people that they are incarcerating that might even be to the point where the the person who's going to be incarcerated would actually get to choose the facility that they go to uh they would get to choose whether or not they wanted to work because obviously you can't force someone to work. That's going to be very, very poor results uh, if they are being forced to work. So you want somebody to want to work. So they would be incentivized to uh, to actually do the work. And if that could work on paying off the victim and if that could work towards paying the facility's costs of incarceration, then it seems like it's a win-win for everybody. Dan? For whatever reason, people who believe is Hello? heavily in the government. He oh, did he not hear? I don't know. Dan, did you hear what I said there? Hey, I'm sorry. I can't hear anymore. Okay. So I'm just yeah. going to hang up. All right. Well, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Well, well, I don't know what a peon is um, to Dan, but what I've heard a peon is is essentially somebody who has to buy from the company store. So you work at a place where uh, Walmart owns everything. You work at Walmart and you buy your food at Walmart and you get your uh, home supplies from Walmart. And then ultimately you run up this tab and that's what peonism is. It's a step up from slavery, but um, people still look at it as uh, bondage. And I would say that you know, the current governmental system is evolved from slavery. I mean, like there's no difference in it. Now you have some choices you can choose to leave, but that's, and that's ultimately what slavery is like the ability to leave or not. And, um, but I, I would say, yes, in fact, taxes are by definition, um, peonism. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, even if it doesn't meet the exact definition of what he was talking about, isn't it in a way worse because before you do the bad thing, which is borrow money and not pay it back, you're being forced to work for this pe- these people and you have no choice about it and they're not even delivering you a product that you actually want to buy. They're, they're delivering bombing brown people in Iraq. Well, one thing that he said was is that essentially courts make rulings on you that you owe a bunch of money. Then the only way to pay off the money is to, um, you know, work uh, in in indentured servitude. And this may very well be a system. I'd love to read uh, more about it, but um, you know, mostly what I'm talking about is is the United States government determines that you owe them some amount of money. You're supposed to figure out that amount. When you get it wrong, then you're up. Oh, Going to jail. And now I get it that they don't send a lot of people to jail for tax debt. That's because people are generally willing to negotiate on this ta- topic. But if you believe me, if you say, 
I don't owe you any taxes and I'm not going to pay. Believe me, you're going to prison. And the idea that somehow the debt to the government is okay and the debt to Walmart is not okay just reveals a uh, leftist twist in thinking, in my opinion. And I was going to basically make the same point because he kept saying, like, we need this system to go on. And he has used this that kind of language before because he is a leftist and he uh, believes that we need the government to keep our rights intact. He basically he said he's a utilitarian mm. and that basically governments are essential because without a government, we have no one to protect our rights. And I don't I'm pretty sure that's exactly what he said. But that's basically what utilitarianism is, is the status type. Um Anyways, so he believes basically in the same exact principle of, of the thing that he dislikes, except, well, it's the government. And well, I don't know. I don't understand that um, like logical mix up that happens in status head where they're like, well, we can't have this, but we can have it if it's called the government. Let's go to your phone calls here. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Hey, I'm Andrew from Tennessee. What's on your mind, Andrew? Um... I just I don't think Mark really understands what freedom and liberty is all about. Hmm, okay, where's he getting it wrong? Because uh, I agree with you. I mean, I think Mark, like, honestly, like you sound like the kind of person that I would one hundred percent not go into business with. <laughs> okay, I don't know why that is, but all right, lots of people have gone oh, into business I can with me. Tell you a lot of reasons. I mean, it's funny because you're on the radio and, like, I don't really judge people, but, like, I can definitely tell what you're trying to do, and I just don't agree with you, Mark. What am I trying to do? Like, I just think you're a guy that's trying to go into a, go into a, a neighborhood and, like, buy some property and be like, hey, everybody – uh, I'm trying to put this false impression to you and uh, buy some property. And I just I just think you're a swindler. <laughs> well, I'm he really is a salesman, swindler. so, I mean, a lot of people don't, re- don't really like sales guys. You're my so favorite maybe, caller ever. Maybe that's what you're picking up on. But I, I think Mark is generally an honest person having worked Have with Have I him offered for... any real estate for sale on Free Talk Live? <laughs> I just... Like, Mark, hold on, hold on. I, I get to. I, I've let I you call me a swindler. <laughs> I get to, to make a um, rebutting statement, and that statement is is that I have refused. Okay, you can just keep talking then. Go ahead, Mark. I have refused to sell property in Honduras at this point because. I don't believe I can deliver what people would expect from me. I believe my name has value and that I will not let people feel swindled because right now you caller cannot get swindled by me. You cannot do it because I will not accept your money. I would never give you any amount. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's fine. The way you sound like you sound so desperate, like you sound like the kind of guy that's like, Oh, my business still didn't work out. Somebody please give me some money so I can like make it up. You know, you sound like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. I don't know. But why do you say that about I, him? I don't like, know I don't, why he thinks all these get, things, but it's funny. Because I get this 
because I have been in business with people before and I get a sensation from him. I would not ever go into business with him. So it's just a feeling that you have. It's not based on anything he said. And I understand. It's, it's not just a feeling. It's that I know the kind of person he is because I've been (laughs) in business with the kind of people and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, Oh, well, you don't know everybody. Well, you know, I, I do, I kind of do. So, like, don't judge me and think that I don't know. Well, I suspect Mark is going to judge you based on, you know, the things that you've said. Well, I I gotta say, Mark, just one week before Cantwell was fired, caller started calling in and saying he gave swindling vibes. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, Bonnie, I sincerely hope that you've learned, um, you know, managed to get something out of this. I know that you are a great talk show host and I know you're going to learn things. But I also know when I started talk uh, this talk show, this talk show caller 20 years ago um, that I didn't know everything about being on the air. And I got frustrated with callers a lot. And I wanted Free Talk Live to be perfect. I wanted people to get the very best product that they were going to get. And that doesn't mean that I think that you're going to turn into a white supremacist uh, oh next God. week by any stretch of the imagination. All I'm saying is, is that I learned this game the hard way, too. Hey, thank you for the call tonight. Uh, I appreciate the call there out of Tennessee. Uh, let's continue with, I think we have Law Dog on the line in Michigan. Law Dog, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Law Dog. Hey, yeah, thank you much for taking my call there, yes, Ian. It's uh, good to hear you. Go and ahead. Uh, I, I looked at your dossier there, and you do look a lot like uh, Novak Djorkovic, but I... Uh, okay. Somebody know, else said that I, before. Uh, I don't remember who that guy digress. is. digress. He's he's a tennis star. He just won his twenty three grand, uh, uh, twenty third grand. Yeah, he's slam the guy that wouldn't and, take uh, the vaccine to get into yeah, yeah, the tennis tournaments. Yeah. yeah, but I got a secession plan for Michigan here. I'll make it quick. I know you're uh, under the gun. Yeah, let's hear about uh, it. All fifteen con- counties up in the Upper Peninsula succeed and get annexed to Wisconsin. Then thirty uh, fifty three counties up in the upper middle. And lower bottom lower peninsula uh, can uh, succeed to Indiana and be annexed by them. Now this one was a little tricky. Huron, Tuscola, Sanilac, Lapeer, and Saint Clair succeed and be uh, accessed by uh, annexed by uh, West Ontario and have Sarnia as its uh, capital, and they can be called the West Thumb of Ontario on Lake Huron. Then uh, so Monroe is County, this its own uh, state? Or is this huh? uh, Indiana? It would be Indiana. You'd have uh, the Upper Peninsula uh, would be uh, Wisconsin. The west half of the um, uh, Lower Peninsula would, would be uh, Indiana. And uh, it, it would be chopped up. You could put uh, Lenaway, uh Monroe, and Hillsdale County. Uh, could either go uh, to Indiana or Ohio. But the, the key is the, the last seven counties. So wait, Wayne, are you Oakland? Mc- go, so you're talking about these different parts of Michigan would be joining other states. And what about yeah. the last seven? The last seven, they're skank. Wayne, Oakland, Macomb, Genesee, Washtenaw, Saginaw, and Ingham. You know, they can uh, that can be comprised of Michigan. Then what? Uh, Indiana, Wisconsin, Ohio. And even Canada can do is just uh, 
you know, anybody who wants to be communist and socialist, just go in those seven counties and we can build wall, build walls to keep them out of, um, <laughs> you know, what was Michigan. Wayne County, work. isn't that the Detroit County? Yeah, that's okay. home and young land. Yeah. Okay. Now, Law Dog, uh, we have heard from people in Michigan that there is apparently an Upper Peninsula secession movement. Um, Is there anything that's going beyond that, like what you're talking about, or is this just something that you've cooked up? I just, you know, I had 15 minutes to kill, and I looked at a... uh, Looked at a map and says, "Hey, let's let's see if we can make." Have you gotten in touch with any other secessionists there in Michigan at all? I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a hermit. Uh, You Uh, know, I. Okay. What? What? You know. Hey. So this is going nowhere then, basically. You know. No. Yeah. Well, you guys are pretty smart. You got that. What was it? The, the Church of the Invisible Hand. That's nobody's church. That's our co-host. He has his own church. Now, what he should do is he should put. uh, Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church of the Invisible Hand, and he can sneak in and, and squat in these uh, hermitages, and uh, you know they, they they wouldn't kick him out, and they just let him live there. It would be a it would be a great life. Uh yeah. I, Except I there's no drugs that, for him. Yeah, I don't know what that would uh, <laughs> do. Hey, thanks for the call tonight, Law Dog. I'm not really sure what all that is really going to mean. Uh, but let's go to Major Payne, who's also in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Major. All right. Um, during my short stint with the uh, Federals, I they bounced me around to about three or four different facilities during the course of a year. One of these was run by a private security system. Mm-hmm. And they had a problem with that, which is because if you're employed by the state or the feds, if you assault a guard, that's a felony. Okay. Now, the, well, call in tomorrow, and you can tell us more about it at that time, Major. We are unfortunately out of time tonight, but I do appreciate hearing from you. Uh, back tomorrow night, Mark should be joining us again from Mexico City. Aria should be here as well. Of course, your calls. I love you, Bonnie. Then. Love you. See you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Ward. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com